0: Gentlemen, this is the BBC and Putty calling. We've had a complaint about the use of the Yorkshire dialect on this particular podcast, which is going to be known from now on as the home county's rather large war games podcast. We do apologise for any northernness in previous episodes. Does he know what he's doing? Well, my lady, Nora of Homeforth, I have given off my northern tribe accent and have spent many a day in Harrogate learning the elocution. Oh, you dozy beggar. You're right, Nora, love. I can't keep this up. Um, I do apologise. Uh, bit, bit of a laugh and a joke there about uh, a complaint I received. But I'm afraid the uh, odd use of a Yorkshire word and a bit of a Yorkshire accent on a Yorkshire Gamer podcast uh, made by somebody who lives in Pudsey and has done for 30 years and works in the Yorkshire Dales may occur on occasion. And if that's something that uh, fires off your rockets, then uh, unfortunately my guest tonight is uh, Alex Storm of Steel Southerin from uh, um, Rotherham so um That's going to be a little bit more Yorkshire as well, I'm afraid. But that's not what we're about. We want to have a laugh and a joke here. And um, we're certainly going to do that tonight. Uh, This is a a Bruise in the Binyard Christmas special. Unfortunately, Sean um, Clark from God's Own Scale couldn't make it tonight, which is a real shame. Uh, Hopefully, he's going to be available uh, if I do another one of these in summer. Um, A summer special and a Christmas special. I think that sounds good for Bruise in the Binyard. Um, so me and Alex are going to chat about all sorts of stuff. we got a load of questions in, and then the normal thing that you would expect for a Christmas podcast with... Uh the uh, highs and lows of 2021 and what we're looking forward to in 2022. Um, it's a long episode um, I, I didn't really want to cut this in two with it being a Christmas episode so I hope you enjoy it I, I hope you sat there with your paints and brushes ready to go a bit of a marathon session maybe you're taking part in the Analog Hobbies Winter Paint Challenge and um, you're going to sit down have a giggle paint some stuff and um hopefully while away the next two and a half three hours um with a laugh and a giggle with me and alex so without further ado here's interview and just before that a couple of messages from our previous guests
1: Hi, it's Alex, Storm of Steel here from episodes 15 and 16 of Yorkshire Gamers Reap Big War Games podcast. I hope everybody has a great Christmas and a very happy new year, and I hope the Santa shoves something really nice into your stockings and leaves you with a lot of Christmas cheer. Hello, this is Nick Sinner from Two Fat Lardies, and I was a
0: guest you may remember of Ken's back in the Yorkshire Gamers Reap Big War Games podcast, episode seven, if you can remember that long ago we had a re big discussion about all things wargaming and all things lard and we were thrilled when ken was able to bring his game of italsu first world war attack on katalamara in mesopotamia and he brought that to steel lard a lardy games day that was organized so brilliantly by chris and colleagues in sheffield yes that's right the lardies were in yorkshire and we had a re good time and I hope that you have a reek good time this Christmas and this message comes to bring you festive cheer and to wish you all a reet big and very Merry Christmas. Hello everyone and welcome to a special Christmas edition of the Reet Big War Games podcast. It's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the festive season. Well, as much as you can with the faux-bomb plague back in uh, play again. We're back in our bin yard, bruising hand. One of those metal bins with holes in it, belting out some proper heat as we burn the packaging off our latest War Games purchases and those little plastic uh, sprues off the front of War Games Illustrated. (laughs) Throughout the episode, you'll hear lots of individual Christmas messages from our previous guests, so look out for those. But here with me live... He's the only man who could bear the cold brunt of a Yorkshire evening in a vineyard. The one and only award-winning
1: YouTuber in Alex from Storm of Steel. Welcome back, Alex. Cheers, Ken. Thank you very much. Uh, if it gets any colder, I'll probably have to put my jumper on, I think.
0: Oh, that, that could be. Yeah. That's, I suppose we're in mid-December, so there's an for yeah, yeah.
1: that. Well, I've got the T-shirt on. So that'll do for now, I think. But yeah, if it does get a little, if temperature drops by about ten degrees, I'll probably go and get my jumper. But I think we'll be all right.
0: <laughs> well, I think in Newcastle they're still on vests, aren't they? They've not gone to <laughs> yeah. uh, they've not gone to t-shirts yet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, sadly, sadly, our usual co-conspirator Sean Clark's not been able to make it this evening. Um, so that two-thirds Yorkshire bias. Uh, no, no longer has a pottery's balance, so uh, it's full-on ferret and flat-capped tonight. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, um, you'll probably need episode. translation
1: for this, I think, won't you, Ken, to be honest? Sorry? I think you'll need translation for this for the, uh, for the, oh, order, for the listeners. For definitely. Definitely. For sure.
0: well, um, I don't know if I told you, but somebody um, somebody had a go um, because I was using a, a Yorkshire accent too much on, a, on the Yorkshire Gamer. <laughs> Podcast from with somebody from Pudsey who works in the Yorkshire Dales,
1: right? Well, so, let's let's apologize for that immediately, shall we?
0: Exactly. So, <laughs> any, anyone who isn't from Yorkshire, uh, you're gonna struggle. I do apologize. <laughs> uh, um, but they, it's all right. Ken will right.
1: write out the entire transcript for us before it goes live, anyway. So don't worry about that.
0: Yeah, subtitle version on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reaction from the last episode raged from this is brilliant, it's the best thing since meeples and miniatures. To who the fuck are these three idiots? So
1: <laughs> that was me, I think.
0: <laughs> yes, a bit of, bit of self promotion. So-, <laughs> so, what's happening in the world of Storm of Steel, then, Alex? What's going on for yourself at the moment?
1: Uh, it's all good to be honest at the moment, Ken. It's um, I'm I'm I am kind of gearing up for for a couple of weeks off uh, Christmas Christmas. Uh I've got a load of videos backed up but I'm I'm just going to drop off uh, posting them until I get until New Year really because I'm going to be going to Austria to see my wife anyway for a fortnight. Uh oh, but I do course. have uh, yeah I do have a special well fingers crossed you know with the uh, the current oh, yeah. uh, spread of things but uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed touching wood all the you know everything that I can actually get there and see my wife for Christmas. Uh, but, so uh, there, there will be a bit of a break in uh, in videos, but next week uh, I'm going to put out my Christmas special uh, that I recorded the other week as well. So that's, um, that's the next big thing, really. Uh, I've got one more video to come out this week as well. I'll probably put that out Friday, I would say. And then, uh, and like I said, I've got one more uh, next week, an O-group video, because uh, a lot of people have been requesting O-group videos for me. And I played it recently down at the club. I introduced the club to old to group. Uh, they enjoyed it. And it kind of uh, reminded me of how good a game it is because I've not played it for a while. So yeah, everything's going okay at the moment. It's all um, trucking along. My uh, subscriber count keeps going up and up, which is quite nice. Uh, it's nice to see. I'll probably be uh, hitting about 7,000 subscribers early next year, I would have thought. Uh, if mm. it's going at the same pace that it is at the moment, so yeah, it's good. It's um, all, all all good. Is a short answer.
0: Superb. And um, I've not had a look at O Group myself. Um, it seems to be uh, a popular set. What? How, how? does that kind of differ to the likes of um, Chain of Command, the the other largest uh, set?
1: Well, it's battalion level, so uh, but it's abstracted battalion level, so it's not yeah. like uh, it's not one to one figure. So figure ratio is about I don't know one to twenty maybe. So I don't know if you've ever seen Rapid Fire. It's it's probably similar in, in its level to that. Really, the amount of figures you have on the board. So you have uh, I I usually make up a a company of of. Uh, about 27 figures so you've got three three companies so you're about maybe about a hundred figures on the table then all your supporting elements and things uh and it's a great game because it's it's very much in the stable of uh of, of lard in that uh, there's a ton of friction in it you can't do everything you want to do every turn you have to roll command dice at the start of the turn and then you have to issue orders to your units at the same time the opposition is reacting to you by issuing their orders so you when you first, the, the, the way it works is the first turn or first couple of turns, you feel like you can do quite a lot because you don't have a lot of stuff on the table anyway, because a lot of it's in reserve. So you're issuing these orders and thinking, this is grand, like this is great. And then you start taking fire. So your men start getting suppressed. Uh, and then you've got to issue orders to try to rally them. So that starts soaking up orders. Then you've got to react to the enemy when they're firing and things. So that's soaking up orders as well. So it, as the game goes on, you, you're doing less and less, but you're making more and more decisions, command decisions. And it's kind of, it's uh, it, it almost like hones in on, on, on the action, if you know what I mean. It's it, it, mm. it it's it's almost cinematic because you'll be throwing the orders into the place that you want, you know, if you're trying to capture a building or something, you throw your orders into that. And so mm. there's a lot happening in that particular point. And obviously the enemy's reacting to it as well. So it works really well. And I like that command style and I like that command level as well, you know, of, of, of an abstraction of, of, of units. So where, where chain of command is, is one man is one man uh, in all group. As I say, each figure is, is, you know, like 20 men or something. Your platoon is, is nine figures, that kind of thing. So it's slightly different in that way, uh, but equally as fun. And there's quite a few nice little touches in it as well with combat patrols and things uh, where, you can use them as scouts, or you can use them to deploy your reserves and things. And it's it's just a nice way of of, uh, of getting troops on the table. Really, it's really nice, um, a really nice system. And once you've played a couple of turns, uh, it really settles in your head as well because uh, it, it it's very intuitive. You know, it, it's mm. it's very clever in the way that the firing is done, and it's very simple and very quick. So you you quickly picking things up even for new players you know uh, mm-hmm. I introduced all the people at the club to it and well not all of them but a bunch of them and you know within three turns they knew how many dice they were rolling for firing and how many dice they were rolling for moving and that kind of thing you know yeah. so it, that, that's, it shows it's it, good, it, to, good to hear yeah exactly is it, so it takes, um, takes,
0: is it is it mostly infantry based or could you just go, could you run a curse type tank mass tank battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's rules for using armoured battalions if you wanted to. You just swap them out. Um, it's that mm. simple. The only thing I would say with that is because firing is done from individual tank to individual tank model, uh, that's the bit that probably slows it down slightly because mm. each tank has an armour rating, each tank has a, a hit, an AP rating. So yeah. you've got to roll to hit, then you've got to roll to penetrate, then you've got to roll, to, you know, roll to damage. It's two yeah. rolls, but it's like it's per tank instead of you know per yeah. platoon mm. or per, per company. So but you could but even then it's still pretty simple. It's basically it's like a seven or above on two D6 to hit with a plus mm. one, minus one if you've moved or if you're close or whatever. So again, these things, you know, they they settle into your head pretty quickly. The only thing is the is the armor penetration, but again, once you've done it once, you kind of know what what you once you know what the armor penetration of you say your sherman is against a panther, you know what you've got to roll in the next time you're rolling it
0: mm. so it's
1: relatively simple, but I would say probably a little bit slower with an armored battalion but you could certainly do it and it does there are rules in there for it but yeah it's mostly it's based around an infantry battalion oh we love a table full of tanks here you see that's the that's the thing <laughs> well me too <laughs> i mean i used to play we played a lot of rapid fire with with tons of tanks and things and i'll try yeah. it out with our group for sure for definite one day yeah be interesting to see how that how that
0: comes along um we've got loads of questions to cover in uh, an ask our nora feature later on um but uh, before that we'll just have a, a very quick break and uh, we'll listen to some christmas messages from previous guests <laughs> Hello everybody, Chris Breeze aka Winston Abreece from episodes 1 and 13 of Yorkshire Gamers Reek Big War Games podcast here. Merry Christmas everyone and have a really happy new year. Enjoy the festive period and remember everyone, if your extended family start to annoy you, just ignore them, have another drink and go and paint some figures. Hi, this is... David Marshall of TM Terrain from episode 12 of the Yorkshire Gamers Big War Games podcast Just to say, happy Christmas to everyone uh, and um, let's hope we um, get to meet up a a few times over next year at some some shows and and events I can't wait Oh and by the way, I still think avocados are better than uh, mushy peas but um, that's for another day Happy Christmas everyone, bye Well, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone else as well. So, uh let's have a look back at what has been um a strangest year, 2021. Um so what what would you say was your top moment of the year, Alex? What was the thing that stands out
1: for you? Uh that's a that's a pretty tough question actually. Um in in the Could war game first yeah, you go first. Give me let me just have a little think
0: about. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've whole. gotta say yeah, I've gotta say for me, coming out of lockdown and going to partisan um mm. was was the big thing for me. Um I know we missed each other at partisan, but yeah, yeah. um I did bump into loads of people who I'd spoken to on here and, and had not met in person. Um and then I I bumped into a load of friends as well who had, for covid reasons i hadn't seen for 12 14 months etc yeah um and it was just i think there was a really nice feeling about that show um a lot of people as i say meeting up for the first time in a long time um and i think um it took me two and a half hours to do one circuit of the um <laughs> of, the, of the hall at one point bumping into various folk um, and if I sat down to have a brew, the table filled up with people very quickly um, <laughs> so I, I think that for me that was because i 've not done a massive amount of gaming this year. Um, I think probably for me that was my my number one uh, mm. moment of
1: the year. When you asked me actually, I think that was that was the thing that I went to as well, actually thinking about yeah partisan was probably the uh, of the uh, the game shows that i 've been to. Uh, no offence because I know you were involved with Fiasco but (laughs) Partizan was by far the the better I've only been to to three actually I think Uh, yeah so I've been to Partizan, Fiasco and Recon this year and unfortunately in uh they they also descended in that order as well party Sam was the best then fiasco <laughs> second best and then then uh, uh recon the, the third best uh i don't want to say worst but you know they were still, it was still good because at least people are putting effort in but i think yeah just that fact of being able to get out and about and i think i don't really want to copy your answer because <laughs> it just sounds like all i was doing waiting for you to say something i could go yeah, yeah. That's, i agree uh but also just being able to go down to the club as well uh because that's something I'd started to do just before COVID hit. And then I had to give it up, you know, for literally over a year. And then now I've been able to go back down uh, on on a Thursday night regularly. It's just a nice thing, really. It's just a nice, uh, nice, nice way to get out and just do some gaming. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Partisan was, was really well attended. There were so many games there Uh, and it was just, what I thought, I don't know if you agree with this, but, it felt as though everybody had suddenly come out of lockdown with their lockdown projects and were desperate to show them off. And there were so many (laughs) lovely tables, you know, so many figures and things. And I I filmed, uh, filmed it for a video and, uh, oh, I went to salute as well. Yes, of course. That's the other one I went to. Um, And I filmed it for a video and uh, I still, I don't think I got every single um, table because there was, there was still a bunch in the middle that I completely missed. Uh, because I was just, you know, taking my time going around the other ones as well, like you say, it was it took a while to go around talking to people and things, and it was, uh, it it just looked great, you know. There were just so many great tables on uh, on display, and that to see all that that people have put all the effort in as well uh, as part of it, I thought was really good. And yeah, I know the, the, uh, stand, know the
0: standard at Partizan was unbelievable, wasn't it? There was so very many. Much. So it's many always games. is, though, anyway. It, it, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's a great show for that anyway, isn't it? It's, you know, for eye candy, it's really, really good. Uh, the ones I've been to in the past. I mean, if anybody can get up to it, then it's definitely worth it. But, yeah, I mean, obviously I went to uh, Fiasco and uh, Salute, and I also went to uh, Recon as well. I yeah, was,
0: I, I couldn't make it to Recon, and Recon is actually 10 minutes' walk from my house. Uh, <laughs> if I'd have known to
1: come around for a brew <laughs> well,
0: Unfortunately I was at work So uh, <laughs> I'm sure the missus would have put kettle on for you But uh, yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was a real shame I couldn't make it down Because <laughs> uh, it's a nice little local show Is Recon And it's um, It's not massively well attended But it's quite a friendly show And mm-hmm. um, You know we've, we've traditionally From Leeds War Games Club always tried to put something on there and support yeah, it and right. i was going to take the game that i put on at um fiasco um right but unfortunately um work intervened and i just couldn't get there
1: i think he was suffering a bit from just people being a bit a bit uh i don't know worried maybe about going to shows uh, especially something I we're still in the middle of a pandemic so you know it's not gone anywhere. Mm. Um, and I th- there was quite a few empty tables I noticed, and I'd been in 2019, and it was a lot fuller in 2019 of tables and people. Mm. Uh, even like upstairs, the little mezzanine upstairs was was much fuller. The first time I went uh, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, and the same with uh, Salute as well, because uh, I went down f- specifically to film it for the channel, so I kind of did it as a bit of a you know an expenses thing. Yeah. Um, And I I met up with Ian Fuller down there and he was telling me that I think if I remember correctly, it was something like 30 traders had dropped out and 40 uh, demonstration games had dropped out and some of those in the week preceding it. And you could tell, I mean, you know, it was, again, I've been to salute in 2019 and it was absolutely rammed when I went. Uh, And this time it just felt a lot, a lot thinner in the crowd and also, just the things that were on display. That's not to say that the stuff that was on display wasn't good, you know it was. But uh, you could just tell there was there, there were there was hesitancy. And I think I don't know if I read this somewhere or someone told me that normally salute gets about ten thousand people, and I think they had something like four thousand through the door this yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's I, a big. I could be wrong on that, here. but yeah. yeah it's, so it's, it's, it, I mean salute it's four thousand yeah. is a lot of people, isn't it? But you know, if yeah. like Pudsey, if say they get two hundred, but they only get hundred through the door. You Know that's a massive difference, difference. isn't it? Because it's such a small show, it has more interesting. It's interesting how that flipped, though. Because
0: Partisan was packed, wasn't it? If you remember, it was absolutely (laughs) rammed, and we were queuing around the car park for ages to get in, yeah. Um, and then from from my own knowledge from working fiasco and being involved in the club, we had it was one of the best years in a number of years for people through the door. Oh, really? Um, and there'd been a there'd been a conscious decision by the club to reduce the number of games that were there and reduce mm. the number of traders that were there, so that people were more spread out. But there wasn't any cancellations. And then you right. go to you go to Salute, and I didn't go, but I saw the you know the videos and stuff um, and lots and lots of empty tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people I know who who had been to recon like yourself said numbers were down as well.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think with Salute, the thing was as as well with the Excel um, centre, we're asking for either COVID certification that you had been vaccinated or that you'd had a PCR test that was negative in the last 24 hours or whatever, you know, like before you went in and they were asking at the door. So I wonder if that might have had a play of it as well for some people not wanting to go for that reason or I don't know. I don't want to go off on any tangents here, but you know, I think there's probably some people that probably just don't want to, you know, don't want to, don't want to face up to that for whatever reason. So I think, I think that might have come into it. But yeah, I mean, fiasco. Uh, I know what I spoke to you earlier We we were talking, and you were saying then that they you've th- purposely thinned out the the numbers of yeah. tables. But that didn't it. You know, it, there there weren't as many tables as there normally is, but because the tables that were there were full. For me, it didn't feel like it had an impact so much. Mm. Whereas at Salute, there were tables laid out that were empty. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it felt like if you could see the emptiness in it almost. Yeah, you well, know, there were some I mean.
0: big traders that just didn't turn up, wasn't there, or to, or cancelled very late. Yeah, um, yeah. Once you've already put a twenty or thirty foot stand out ready for them to turn up and they don't, uh, I suppose you can't. Tidy
1: away and real nice uh, Well, I know that the, the next solstice is going to be in April, so it's not going to be like a year away. It's, um, it's going to be quite early in the year. So fingers crossed, you know, we'll be out of the 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 the, the COVID Christmas rush, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, things might be fingers crossed again. Touch so wood, things might be back to normal a little bit if people have had their vaccinations and boosters and everything. We might be. You know, I'll probably go down again, depending on on dates. Obviously, if I can get down there, I'll go down again because the videos of of game shows always do well in numbers. From my, you know, from a, a purely uh, yeah. personal point of view on my part, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's not it's not really a a, a a difficult thing to do to to pop down to London for the day, is it? Really? <laughs>
2: no, exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, you know, it's that London and stuff. You know, I don't like it much no, down there. Yeah. But, you know. Try and stay away as much as you can, but one, one, once or twice a year, I, I think I can cope with that. <laughs> well, you can, you, can, you can get a vaccination for going to London, can't you? You, have you can, camp, yeah, you, yeah. You
0: can have a, Lon, a London booster mm. uh, and, and go down to London and you're all right for 24 hours and then come back. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I had all my travel papers and everything checked and stuff by the mayor before I left, and yeah. you know, I. Uh, I, I made sure not to shake everybody's hand when I got on the underground railway as well, because yeah, they don't, don't like say that, hello to it. everyone. That's it. Yeah, they just don't like it. Don't look them in the eye or anything like that. You know. <laughs> so I'd I'd, I'd I'd had me prep from uh, from the mayor, so we were fine before yeah. I went. And then the, the old oh. town came out, and they all saw me off on the train and everything. It was lovely. Oh. Did you They're have like really a nice.
0: marching band and flags and they everything?
1: They did. They did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Proper brass brass band, you know, playing it up as I, I steamed away in the into the uh, oh. into the distance. Yeah.
0: They did. They, they did that here apparently for a for a, a guy who went off to fight in the Boer War in in, in the early twentieth century. All Is the that right? all, all the all the town turned out, marching band, everything, and he he walked down the road in his in his khakis and everything, and then he he got shot about two days after he got there. Poor lad. So <laughs>
1: there we go. they so, probably all sitting well, around and after was going. That was a waste of time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. And then every, every year here in Pudsey, we have the big uh, the big march with that bloody stupid bear from Children in Knee that I ate. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, he never gets shot two days later, so... <laughs>
1: You have to live in Pudsey to hate that bear. <laughs> we can't. We can't say that. We can't. You can't talk about shooting a bear that that, that feeds starving children or whatever it is that they do. You children can when mean. you live here because
0: you talk to people <laughs>
1: from anywhere in the country,
0: and you go, "Oh, where are you from?" And they'll go, "Oh, Winchester." And I go, "Oh, that sounds lovely. That. Where are you from? I'm from Pudsey. Oh, as in Pudsey Bear." <laughs> and then I just yeah. tell them to do one. Yeah, so. I bet
1: the people in the, in Winchester don't get oh the rifle, Winchester rifle, <laughs> do they yeah. all the time? Yeah, of course they is don't. Is that
0: where them? Is that where them Russian lads went with the hundred and thirty six meter spire? I'm trying no, to it was where. Salisbury, wasn't it? Salisbury. No, it was Salisbury. Salisbury, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: Oh, I hope I haven't given the Russian <laughs> intelligence service a, a, an idea
1: for a mission. Easy. It's <laughs> it. yeah, so, probably been beamed across to the Kremlin right now. You know, oh, the big, careful, fans, hey. the big fans, the
0: big fans, Mister Mister mm-hmm. Putin. Uh, regularly sends messages. He says he says yeah, he says, carry on with that Yorkshire accent, Ken. We love it here in Moscow. And don't listen to them people on the internet who say you shouldn't talk in the Yorkshire accent. Thank you. Thank you, Vladimir. Please
1: don't
0: invade please don't invade Ukraine on the weekend, it'll spoil me Christmas. Anyway, we've digressed slightly. Um, well, It wouldn't what be the Yorkshire it?
1: gamers podcast, would it, if he didn't digress? That's exactly. What people queue him for? I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, who's he going to upset this that. week? Yeah. yeah, you'll probably get loads of uh, Russian bots uh, commenting on your uh, on the next uh, on the next on the next episode. Well, I never thought of that, did I? That's probably why we got so many hits
0: with the Bruise in the Binyard episode, because I, I mentioned ISIS, didn't I, for that black flag that Sean had in his, um, his clubhouse. That's right. So, so I've, we've, we've got MI5 tuning in now, because I've mentioned ISIS. And uh, Vladimir Putin, I've mentioned them, so we'll have the Russian Secret Service. I don't even know what they're called anymore. They
1: used to. What was it, NKVD was it? I can't remember. It was the NKVD, but that was the Second World War. That's going back, and then it became the. Uh, then it became the uh, the. Oh God! Now you thrown me off completely. NKVD <laughs> was Second War. It'll come to. Oh God! I should know this. It's GRU well, now, anyway. Now it's the GRU, yeah, yeah. but yeah. KGB. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
0: to KGB. Yorkshire <laughs> Gamers' a big uh, communist <laughs> secret police podcast.
1: Well, we try to remember the acronyms of various Soviet secret <laughs> services.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Join, Join us in they're this they're thrilling
1: they're... episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so, so I tried to get back somewhere on track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and you, you definitely can't copy my answer on this one. Um, what was your what was your 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 best personal project this year? What was the the favourite thing that you've done? Figures or or period or oh. something new?
1: God, again another tough one. Uh, Italian wars in twenty eight mil. Did you do that? No, I didn't. I'm just trying to copy you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, that's a difficult one. Cause I, I don't really, uh, I never really have a, like a project in mind, but I suppose I was going to make 2021 my Napoleonic 15 mil Napoleonic year. So I've been working my way through a lot of sharp practice stuff. It's been years, years and years since I was like a teenager that I, I've had any 15 mil Napoleonic stuff. So I've just never been able to face it. So it was something new that I started earlier last year. And then I've, I've kind of pushed it on a bit. And I know, you know, for you, a big game is certainly not sharp practice, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I've I've got I've currently got about around about hundred French painted up and about the same British as well, and then about ooh, maybe forty or fifty Prussians as well. So I've done about two hundred and fifty figures over the over the year, uh, but that's not you know it's not just been the only thing I've been working on. So I suppose that's the that's the thing I'm I've been pushing most. But like I said, I don't I never really. Although that's the closest I've got to a in inverted commas a project mm. uh, I think it's just it, it it's um, yeah it's a thing that's been rumbling on throughout the year one of the one of the best things i think that I was involved with uh was the terrain toba project which we mentioned on the last uh, i thought that, i thought that was m d f september it was meant to be MDF September or M D MDF MDF September, but yeah, it got changed because I was away for September, so I couldn't do anything. But yeah, the, um, the video is out now. Did I, I? can't remember if the video was out before when we were talking last. Uh, mm. But if people want to check it out, what we did, I'll just give you a brief, preview of it. Is with, on Twitter, we had the uh, Terraintober hashtag. John from Wise Wolf Paints and Richard Naylor were involved in the uh, the formulation of it, so I'm going to give a shout out to them. And basically, all that all I said was make a piece of terrain over at least one piece of terrain over September, over ex- October. And I'll, I'll make a video about it. Um, and so it, what I did, I just basically made like a load of gardens and scatter terrain and things like that stuff that you don't normally make. But it kind of pushed me throughout October just to to make things, you know, to to, mm. to add to the terrain. So that was really good. And then I collated all the, the photographs that everybody had hashtagged with Terrain put them together into a video. Now, it turns out there was – I worked it out, there was something like over 90 people got involved. Wow. And I did at least one bit of terrain. Some people went above and beyond, like made loads of it. Uh, like per, um of Roller One, he, he wrote a blog for every day in, in October <laughs> about terrain tober with a new piece of ter- terrain in his book. unbelievable, like you know, but a ter- a pair's the kind of man that does like a, a challenge, I think, yeah. and um, and so I put this video together. I think the, I, I counted up there's over 700 photographs, individual photographs of um, of, of terrain that people had made. So I put that splash, them all together. What well, the because the video, I didn't want the video to be too long. I give every single photograph three seconds on the video. Wow, that's that's quick. <laughs> it is, but then there were some people that like you know got twenty photos, so they got like yeah. quite a long time. But I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to give everybody exactly the exact same amount per photo that they have entered into it. Well, uh, uh, the thing is, because it's a video, you can just pause it. You know, you just hit spacebar, mm. you just hit pause or whatever, so you can just pause it anyway. And what and then? I also put a time stamp in as well for every, everybody's name and where they came up on the video. So again, you can just it's like an index you can just find yourself or you find somebody particular things but the what i didn't i underestimated was a vast amount of work that it took to make this video <laughs> <laughs> because like i said there were 700 pictures and then there was 90 people so I, and i wanted to name everybody as well you know give them their twitter handle as well in the description so i had to go through i, I had to i work for about Oh, it must have been about a full week, I think, of just downloading photographs from Twitter that people have put on, and trying to find them, and then separating them all out into the individual people, then finding all their Twitter handles and making sure that they all worked, up- uploading into the video, and uh, and then. Adding all the other bits and pieces you need to add to a video, like names and things, and then adding all the description and stuff, and it just went on and on. It took about three weeks to actually put this video together. So there's not a chance in hell that I'm doing it next year. Did you Did you think <laughs> about
0: it. dropping some subliminal messages in with those short? You, you could <laughs> It's only three seconds. You could have had like a quick flash of. Vote, vote Storm of Steel in Caesar awards or something like that.
1: <laughs> I could have done, couldn't I? I didn't think about it. Uh, I was too fixated on getting the bloody video finished, I think, rather than <laughs> messing about with it. <laughs> that, that, yeah, was, that, that was because the 80s, it. wasn't it? it, was it unless,
0: again,
1: was yeah, it was. It was a big thing, wasn't it? And, and, uh, <laughs> and it, was, it was one of those things that self perpetuated itself, wasn't it? People started talking about it, so then people started doing it. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, uh, something came true because somebody started doing it. But yeah, I think if I was going to do it again next year, and I I possibly will, um, (coughs) I'd, I'd do a video again, but I'd probably have a little bit of a stricter you know uh <laughs> entry level that you you can only post your photographs on a particular day and then yeah. you know it's going to be have to be a finished item rather than work in progress but some of them like because they, they were work in progress so i wanted to show you know the, the photos of them of them going from a pile of mdf to a finished building or whatever you know Mm. Like I said, people—you know—people really got into it and, and did a lot of a lot of good work in it, and it's and it's really inspirational. Just look at the video again, just to see uh, what everybody was up to. It's kind of like a bit of a time capsule as well, I suppose. You know what we? Yeah, it'll be to good
0: think. to go back to in a, in a in a couple of years' time and have a look at that. Mm. And, uh, I take it Joe the War Game was involved. What um,
1: certainly he certainly was. A, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons the video took so long is because he asked me if he could take some uh, really nice photos of the stuff that he'd done. So that I thought, I can't say no, can I really? I mean, this is a terrain <laughs> king, you know what I mean? It's like, that'd be like turning down michelangelo if you're doing a painting contest or something isn't yeah. it you know i so i said oh, yeah i'll hang on for you and he got some photos for me and uh so they were there they they weren't actually hashtagged on twitter so there's a bit of an exclusive joe the wargamer terrain in there as well that you wouldn't have seen on uh, terrain toba there you go oh, so I'll that makes people really- should make people go and watch the video <laughs> nothing else <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant
0: I suppose for me it would be um, the 28 mil Roman legion that I did um, oh, yeah. right back back at the start of the year. Um, it's still not been gamed with at all. It was uh, a bit of a what do they, what do they call them when you ever a, do a project just for yourself? I can't remember. Uh, um, passion projects. Passion projects or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's been yeah. sat in a box ever since, but. I've never painted so much white in all my life because I decided to do white, <laughs> linen white tunics and white shields and, and I've never got through. And I didn't even use half a bottle of white Vallejo. So, really, there you go. Shove, shove your wet palettes and saving your paint.
1: <laughs> you should have done what I did and did them the uh, the Asterix Romans with green tunics with white yeah. and black trim. That's what I did when I did my infamy ones. the yeah, they're all the asterisks, uh, and that was my uh, historical research: re- rereading asterisks.
0: So on to um, new war games releases and new war games stuff. And um, I suppose for me, this is not something I'm going to game or going to play. But um, the the Epic Warlord stuff, I think, is probably the the biggest new thing this year, isn't it?
1: so yeah yeah uh the 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 Waterloo box set i think is set to to to, to come out at the end of january cuz i'm i've got the another taking pre orders at the moment yeah. uh, i've actually asked up warlord if if they uh, want to send me any any sprues or anything for a review on the channel yeah uh they said they would cuz i've got a trader account with warlord which i occasionally use and um yeah. i'm i'm not particularly interested in, in either black powder or even the the, the, the Warlord thing itself, but yeah, I think it's just be nice to show people what they are, because there is a lot of excitement about it. I'm up to my neck in, in 18 millimeter Waterloo, so I'm not going to go 135 millimeter either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, I think that is going to be the, the big thing, isn't it? But it's the end. Of, I'm surprised they didn't bring it out just before Christmas, to be honest, but I'm, I'm guessing it's production delays or whatever mm. uh, in their schedules uh, that's made it come out towards the end of january but i would have thought yeah but i know they're taking pre-orders so i would assume they'll probably take a lot of christmas pre-orders as well for it well there's no
0: coincidence obviously but the 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 epic acw came out just after this podcast started so Mm -hmm. i'm not claiming that it's my fault but there's got to be a link It is your fault Of course, it's yeah, a, there's, of course
2: there's yeah. a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. You know,
0: Warlord Games were all sat around. They heard a new podcast and went, you know what? That's a bloody good idea. Like, let's get some big game stuff out. Well,
1: the big alarm went off. The Yorkshire game over the alarm went off in, in Warlord. The big red yeah. flashing siren. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Quick, hit the button, get the thing out. Like, like the time when it went off
0: when they nicked one of my photographs and used it without asking me.
1: <laughs> is that right what was that for that was um
0: it was a mark six light tank in, in counter scheme um and um i'd put some photographs up on, on my blog of painting and stuff um and then i got uh, a an email a promo email from warlord um and it was Picture of the tank. <laughs> like, I recognise that. I thought bloody hell, someone, someone's <laughs> had a really good copy of my. Actually, it's mine. <laughs> so uh, fair play to them. They they, they did apologise, and it, it was it was somebody new to the to the right. promo team who'd um, right. seen it, and they put a nice write up, and they included my details and everything, but they just didn't ask me. <laughs> Which is kind of yeah, nice. it's just nice to
1: be to be approached, isn't it, beforehand yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> rather than just I'm getting not, a surprise.
0: Not, yeah, I don't hold a grudge against them or anything.
1: Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of th- things like that, weirdly, um, I saw on the uh, on Peter Pig they've just put out their new fifty mil uh, online magazine for their for their games and things. And there was a, re- a, re- a report of Salute and I was looking through it and there was photos of Pez uh, Poltava, uh, yeah. game your six mil game <laughs> in the background there's me interviewing pair you I to see the, so whoever it was was taking photos at exactly the same time i was standing there <laughs> it's just weird like to see yourself just pop up in a photograph you know when you're doing something weird like that <laughs> well,
0: that's, yeah so so that that's something slightly similar happened to me um a few years ago um somebody was banging on about big games and um, people having the back to the crowd and not talking to people and not Mm. engaging with the audience. And and they they showed a a picture of um, our Jutland game that we put on at Derby. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, I was in that photograph. And guess what I was doing? I was talking to a member of the public. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like mm, yeah, yeah. A yeah. Mark, yeah a bit wider bit wider yeah mark. literally oh. doing the
1: thing that you you're complaining against literally not yeah. doing the thing you're complaining against yeah mm. brilliant There's some strange people
0: out there but there we go <laughs> <is>. <laughs> so um just just around this bit off then um what would what would be the favorite game that you've played if you could pick one out one that you've done this year you? 2019 yeah. Oh, 2021,
1: <laughs> two years out. Two
0: years late, mate.
1: Yeah. Uh, Favourite game? I don't know. Um, I think maybe actually introducing uh, the club to, or some of the guys at the club to, chain of command. I'm, I'm stuck in my ways. I like, you know, I like I like what I like, and I don't like new things. Yeah, you know, hey, that sounds right. That. that does. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I like something, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And uh, and, yeah, what I've done this this year is because I've, I've been going out the club a lot more, I've, been, I've taken Chain of Command down and I've tried to get as many people to play it as possible because I like playing it and I want people to play it against me. So that's, it's, you know, it's, it's completely <laughs> selfish on my part. It's got nothing to do with other people's enjoyment. It's about whether I want to play it. But, um, but yeah, just introducing uh, people to, to games like that, really, and just... Uh, just umpiring them I think they're the enjoyable parts of it whether what, no matter what the game is as long as somebody's enjoying it uh, so it's yeah it's a bit of a that's a bit of a woolly answer because I really enjoyed the um the old group game as well that uh we played again at the at the club uh and just the fact that you know people were getting into it and enjoying it and showing them a new a new system and things as well even though I got all the rules mm. wrong of course uh you know that kind of thing is that they're, they're they're some of my favourite kind of games, so it's nothing for me. Well, o-, o Group is quite new and shiny, I guess, isn't it? But um, nothing else is particularly shiny and new. Yeah, uh, I've just enjoyed enjoyed introducing new people to to games that I like a lot. I think that's that's the uh, that's that's been a highlight. One of the other highlights, of course, was uh, playing your game at uh, Steel Lad.
0: Ah, very good, very good. I was I was going to you- say for. For myself that was my favorite game mm. um, no you're copying I, me
1: you can't you can't say that <laughs> this is not how it works <laughs> yeah. well because I, I, i'd gone along and um well you and, tell people I, I, about I, it it was your game you tell them about it but yeah, yeah i really yeah. enjoyed it
0: because i i i i wasn't really sure how it would go down that was that because it you know lardy days are very much uh uh, an experience where people maybe play two, three, or four games in a mm. day and, and and flit around from table to table, so i wasn 't sure how the big game would go down and how people would enjoy being part of that sort of a game, but it went down really well, and everyone really enjoyed it and um, the rules are quite straightforward anyone anyway, so everyone kind of picked them up quite quickly, and uh, yeah it was just it was just a really enjoyable day and I kind of game with the same people all the time. So it was nice to meet new people and game with different people as well. Um, Mm. And obviously meet up with the whole Lardy crowd. It was, it was, it was just a really, really good day.
1: Mm. Have you been to any Lardy events before?
0: No, no. Um, it's kind of been something years and years ago i would go and do a game every year and do a big game every year and put it on somewhere and we'd go to the old sheffield octagon and we'd go down Mm. to Reading. we'd go all around the country and it kind of got to be a bit of a grind yeah um and um I i stopped doing uh show games maybe 10 or 15 years ago um so this was 2021 was my first back into uh, War game shows and, and events. Right, I mean, lardy days weren't going 10, 15 years ago, I suppose. Mm. So it was my first dipping the toe in the water of that sort of thing for a long time. And, and um, I really enjoyed it again.
1: Yeah. And funny, um, again, like most of my other stories, 2019 was the last time I did anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I went to the Steel Lard, the first one that were, Tom Davis had put together. Uh, I don't know if you saw Tom he was he was there at it he was wearing a pirate hat in the afternoon so you probably you probably at least noticed him if you didn't talk to him (laughs) Uh, in fact I think uh, I was talking to his parrot that's I I missed him probably get more sense out of his parrot (laughs) Uh, but uh, yeah he put he put the first one on and um I can't remember how. I think he just got in touch with me through Twitter and just said, "Are you interested in coming along?" I said, "Yeah, sure," because you know I was gonna, I was going to film it and things, and um, and that was the first time I'd, I'd had Lardy Games. You know, I've got Lardy Rules and things, but it was the first time that I probably actually sat down and played it with people who know what they're doing. Uh, and this and that's a good thing about them, uh, is that you know you, you're playing a game with with people who know how to play the rules. Hmm. So the nuances that are in two Far lardy games, they come more apparent when you're playing it with. Like if you, you know, if you if you're two people who've never played any two Far lardy games before, you sit down and try to play the rules. You probably a lot of it is probably going to get lost on you, yeah. Because there's a lot of subtlety in, uh, especially in some of the newer rules like sharp practice and chain of command, and uh, and and even things like water tanker and stuff like that. And it's stuff that you would miss, I think, if you're if you're playing it for the first time. But if you're playing it with somebody who is umpiring and saying, right, with you know, well, you've got these cards, so you can do this, or you can do this, or you could do this, you know, you you, it's taking it, helping you work the game out a lot better i think and it mm. and it's and it kind of pushed me over the edge and i think you know well that's what they're designed to do isn't it? at the end of the day you know they yeah. they're, they're adverts for the lardy games and mm. fair enough you know i mean they're a business they mm. you know they want to make their money uh but it also means that you know you you'll probably end up like I've done, going out and buying a load, pretty much every single set of their rules that they've ever produced uh, <laughs> off the back of it, and then yeah. thinking actually I don't particularly want to play any other games. I could like these. <laughs> I'm completely yeah. confident converted, yeah. lard. But yeah, stuff like like you know like um, if the Lord Spare Us, I'll prob- I would have probably never played that until I played it to Steel Lard with you, mm. and and I thought what a good game this is, and this is. It's a lardy game that isn't a skirmish game that is still a lardy game that works, you know, at a at a large level. So yeah. that evening, I bought a copy of it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was completely off off uh, off playing off playing your your version of it, you know. So it was it it works, you know what I mean. They the, they put these things on and then they make sales off the back of it because you enjoy playing those games so much. And there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't think, and I think it's just, and it's, and also it's not the Lardy day Games. I'm like, this is kind of an advert for Lardy Games now, isn't it? Lardy Games <laughs> place. Uh, it's they, they're not like a normal convention because you go there like you say you specifically play games, and you can yeah. if you wanted to play like four games in a day. Uh, most yeah. people probably play two, maybe three at the most. Mm. Uh, I mean, I played yours in the morning, then i I ran two in the afternoon, and uh, and some people will do shorter games, some people will do longer games. Yours was all the way through the day, wasn't it? Mm. And uh, and and yeah, you're there. You're not you're not there to, to to go because you know Richard doesn't even take any stock up with him or anything like that, which that surprises me to be honest, yeah. because they probably sell most you know loads of stuff. Uh, they probably end up getting a lot of sales off the back of these things. It doesn't feel like it's a commercial; it's, it's been yeah. pushed on you from a commercial point of view. Do you know what I mean? It's this, not like you walk in there's a rack of, uh, of of rules. There, you know, you you can buy some right now kind of thing. You you do it off your own back afterwards after having enjoyed the day and the games. It's yeah. There's, there's
0: no sales pressure, is there? They're, they're not. No. They're not coming. They're not coming up behind you. Rich doesn't mm. come up behind you with a, a deep-pocketed soup, soup uh, open, <laughs> or, or open it up and go, you want to buy some of these, mate? You some exactly. Of these. <laughs>
1: Yeah, ex- exactly that. It is, it's just, you You just go, you play the games, you have a social, you you know, if you're not too tired like I was, you go and have a curry at night. Uh, you know, there's obviously lashings of, of cooking lager going on. Yeah. and. And and yeah, they're just good fun, and they've, they I think they've been the highlights. I mean, I went to Ebor Lard up in York, and then I went to Steel Lard as well. And I'd like to go to more of them, you know, next year when they come up. Uh, but the thing is, they do get they get filled up very quickly because they've only got a certain amount of space and a certain amount of games. Again, yeah. it's it's not like a convention or or a show, is it, where you just turn up and walk around? You're there, you have a space at a table to play a game. Mm. I didn't quite
0: realise how close E. Lard was to me because it's it's in between York and Harrogate, isn't it? So, its is. it's up
1: in uh, Kirkhamerton, uh, yeah, Greenhamerton.
0: It, yeah, one of the Hamertons. It's only yeah. um, it's only half an hour away from me. I didn't quite realise. Yeah, it was it's
1: exactly an hour away from me up the A1. It's uh, so it's not it's not too so much of a trial to get
0: there. Well, I think we've 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 killed 2021, so we'll have a short <laughs> break. Uh, And then we'll talk about 2022. girls and boys, it's John Lander from episode 10 of Yarkshire Gamer's Reeked Big War Games podcast, and owner of a particularly crappy cold at the moment, so please excuse my blues singer in a smoky club vibe. Just to wish you all a very, very happy Saturnalia and Samhain, as it's close enough. May all your gaming tables equal the area of the Isle of Man, and all your figures be delivered in 10-pound bags.
1: Hi, it's Jason Weiser of Military Miniature Magazine from episode 17, of the Yorkshire Gamers Reet Big War Gamers podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to all of you. Best wishes we all get more gaming in for the new year. Listen to the Yorkshire Gamers podcast and subscribe to Military Miniature Magazine. Thank you. Have a good holiday, everyone.
0: Oh, some lovely more Christmas messages there from uh, previous guests and um, having destroyed 2021 and um, got a following from uh, Mr. Putin's uh, secret police and MI5. Um, we're going to talk, uh, look ahead now if we can uh, to 2022. Obviously things are, are hotting up on the COVID front again, so let's hope that doesn't impact us too much. Um, but um, have you got any big projects or anything planned for the new year anything new
1: uh again to go back to my previous answer is i don't really have i don't really sit down and go right i'm having a project of this this is like mm. this is what i'm going to do i kind of i do whatever i'm interested in um mm. so i'll probably continue well i know i'm going to be continuing with the sharp practice stuff because i'll just be adding bits and pieces to the to the figures as they as the as the the forces grow you know, like a, a more cavalry and more artillery and things like that. So there's stuff like that. I just read, just today, actually, I got in the post, um speaking of two fat lardies, is, is uh, the Algernon pulls it off, um extra supplement for Bag the Hun. It's the First World War one. Hawaii. Yeah real love is, is First World War aircraft. I absolutely love them. I love Wings of War and Wings of Glory. But this is a, a crunchier version of that, done on a hex mat. And I've got the hex mat, so I just need some airplanes now. So I think that <laughs> might be <laughs> an early early 2022 project is to get some First World War aircraft. The problem is I used to have hundreds of 1-300 uh, scale uh, first war aircraft and I sold them all when I was a nipper and I can't no idea where they've gone to, uh, so I'm going to have to buy them back. But I know Skytrek still do them uh, at this point, and I think they're I think they're okay. I don't think they're they're amazing, but I think they're they're, they're quite nice little planes. Um, maybe yeah, a couple of manufacturers know. doesn't doesn't um, the people that they do Nav War
0: do they do them as well? And they've got they they they're there a little bit more detail with them and have individual struts and stuff like that with them.
1: Yeah, I think they do, but I don't want to overcomplicate it because they're so small and yeah. they're going to be playing pieces. You want them a little bit more um, robust, don't you? That's the thing. It's that, mm. it's that a difference between delicacy and robustness, especially with First World War aircraft, because, you know, that top wing is always going to be coming off, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, i don't you never know i might be able to find some in uh in, in, in 3d printed ones or something like that there's 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 probably somebody who's done some STl files i'm fairly sure um, paint and glue have done some STl files for one one fourth scale aircraft so i'm fairly certain they could probably be resized i could always have a chat to them and and see if they if they could knock some together for me because i've got some of their be2c's in one one fourth scale so i could uh, if they if they work in 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 one three hundredth, then I'd probably rather get them three uh, D printed because then you don't even have to build them, do you? You just have to paint them.
0: Yeah, there's some amazing three D stuff out there
1: if you search for it. Um, and It's just getting better been, and better, I've, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I've been I with my fifteen mil Arab, Arab Israeli stuff. I've been there's certain mm. tanks that I, I want with the Israeli active reactive armor. Um, that you can't get from um, Battlefront and Team Yankee. And yeah. you, you just yeah. go type in um, MAGAC615mel and just loads of stuff comes up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, my mate Andy does a bit of um, uh, printing, so uh, I just ask him to do stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and there, I don't think you've dabbled yet, have you, have you, mate? You've not
1: got a printer? No, uh, my, uh, what they call is it? my, my 3d mini or something they call is a, there's a website that hosts, uh, STL files. And they yeah. got in touch with me earlier th- th- this year and said, do you want a printer? Uh, I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's, there's a pump shit in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, I'm still waiting for it. And I, I contacted Steve of, uh, my mini factory, I think they called. And uh, he said he said they were waiting for some new ones to send out to me. Because basically what they he said, you know, there's no pressure, but if you want to make a video about how you use these things, that would be great. And he's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a bit of an advertisement for them. And I thought, well, yeah, of course I can I can do a you know, my adventures in 3D printing kind of thing, just showing the pitfalls yeah, of true. it and stuff. Uh so if I end up with a 3D printer, and I don't even know what type it is or anything. Uh, but they've sent me some resin, so I've got a bottle of resin upstairs. I just haven't got the printer to print it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, um, if that happens, I mean, I could probably search out some STL files, I'm fairly certain, and resize them down to three one well, three hundred. But I know it's a hobby in itself, isn't it, 3D printing? And one of the lads yeah. so in the club has got one ball. He's currently printing out the Prussian Army in 6 mil for me at the moment, uh, so I can do it. put it together for Blucher. So that's another massive project that will will occur, but that's probably going to take a couple of years, I would have thought, because it's so big. But um but yeah, if I if I do get a three D printer, I'll certainly be looking into maybe doing something for uh for Algernon pulls it off or or maybe even for Bagda Hunt for some one three hundred scale planes as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think you um you hit the nail on the head there for me with three D printing. It's 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 another hobby within itself. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm blessed through having worked hard all my life that I'm I'm relatively okay financially, mm. and I'm not at that point where it's a, it's I'd rather just send off some money for, to somebody else to make these mm. for me. Um, I can see a massive advantage if you if you're short on brass and you and you want to do um, something. You know, a bit cheaper. There's people who do loads and loads of terrain on it for the next yeah, to nothing. Yeah, um,
1: but, yeah uh, terrain is one of the big things, I think, isn't it? But mm. it certainly seems to have gripped the 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 wargaming hobby massively, and you know, it's, it is the future, definitely for sure. Uh, I do you know, I don't. There's no point kicking against it, I don't think. And and as you say, that the you can find the weirdest, the weirdest vehicles, or you know nations or whatever that the the it wouldn't make any financial sense for a wargaming company to make because they wouldn't sell they'd sell so few of them but then you know when when you create an stl file you only have to make one of them don't you and then you just download yeah. it and, and print those off as many as you want so it makes a lot more sense for a sculptor to make all these weird and wonderful vehicles to fill in the gaps and it works perfectly well for that, I think, you know, as much as anything else. Like you say, you can get your Panzer IVs from Plastic Soldier Company or from uh, Battlefront, but then, you know, you get your, I don't know, your weird conversion Panzer IV, your, uh, your, your tank recovery Panzer IV from a 3D printed file, you know, because why would Plastic Soldier Company make those, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, I, um, the, the, the Yorkshire game of Time Lag is is approximately seven years with most things, so um, we, when, when, yeah. When, years. when when blogging when blogging started, and okay, I'm not doing that bloody rubbish. I'm not doing that bloody witchcraft. On seven years later, Yorks Gamer <laughs> blog starts. YouTube that got big. I'm not doing that. I'm not talking on camera. I'm not doing that. Doing it, seven years later, podcasts. What what's that rubbish? We're just talking about Wargaming. it's rubbish. What they doing <laughs> seven years later? <laughs> so um, this is this is now on out or will be out on the internet and on the YouTube with me going. I'm never going to get a uh, 3D printer. So uh, <laughs> 2028. Uh, <laughs> there you are,
1: printing everything off.
0: <laughs> and I'll be I'll be man, on blocks. about it. Yeah, going, why didn't I get one of these ages ago? Ages
1: ago. He'll yeah. <laughs> have an entire blog. Well, it'll, it'll be something else, won't it, by then? It'll be like 3D three D cinema or something, won't it? It won't even be YouTube anymore at that point in eight years. Yeah. And you'll be, uh, you'll be on that saying, oh, I wish I'd got one of these eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how
0: and where it goes, because I remember 25, 30 years ago, people talking about... There'll be the great day when you have computer generated figures and they play on a computer generated table and then nobody will bother with figure war gaming and of course with things like rome total war and that sort of stuff that thing's already here um oh, but yeah. the 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 lore of the miniatures and the the physical contact with them has has, has kind of kept it in vogue hasn't it it's, ne- it's never made a big dent i don't think it's probably just uh an additional part of the hobby, rather than a, uh, people changing over to
1: it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, going to any any games workshop uh, shop on the high street, and 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 the the, the people in there, they're, they're they, you know they're kids, they're like twenty year olds, and they're still playing with tabletop miniatures. Yeah. You know, it's it's always it's, there's always this thing about you know the grain of the hobby and it's dying out and stuff and. I did a video about it because Little Wars did their video about it and they asked a few people and I don't think it's it's I don't think it's ever going to die out because you're always going to get young people coming through wanting to do this stuff and play with toy soldiers you know it, I don't think it it going to the shows and things as we mentioned before they, even with covid like partisan was just absolutely rammed and it mm. wasn't just you know old grey fellas it was
2: <laughs> youngsters
1: as well you know <laughs> yeah and more and more uh, like even the salute and things i notice this more and more uh, young women uh, yeah, are attending indeed. these shows and i say you know i say young women i mean you know in their twenties i mean they're young to me but you know this this is really nice and refreshing to see that this, the, the the demographic is also changing as well uh in in favor of the hobby i think and that's that's a good thing you know all right a lot of them are getting their entry points through warhammer but when they attend the big shows like salute and stuff or even small shows they're seeing something different and i think that's mm. a good thing you know there's nothing wrong with that at all so uh i've kind of lost the thread of what we're saying there really well, <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna say
0: i was just gonna say on the back of that that um every year i do the analog hobbies winter paint challenge yeah um, which is just about to kick off in five days so I should be downstairs priming figures rather than <laughs> talking on the internet. Um, but that, for the first time, um, there's um, Tamsin Piper, who, um, yeah. Wargaming Girl is, is her blog. She's always been part right. of it. Um, um, but there, there are, I think, there's three or four uh, female entrants this time. Um, And so one of them's not painted before, so that's going to be great seeing them getting involved and, Mm. and, um, people have been running, um, uh, like base starter tutorials for new people coming in and and getting other people involved. So it's great to see. And, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the, the challenge this year. And I think I mentioned in our last, um, meeting my 28 mil Risorgimento. Uh Baldy versus the Papal forces. Uh, it's all sat. It's it's covering about half the table at the moment, all primed <laughs> and ready to go. Because obviously I'm, I'm 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 going skirmish.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. I wouldn't expect <laughs> anything less.
0: Although I, I, I did, interestingly, I did a couple of days ago uh, find a random picture of my Sweeney stuff. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's really good. That I really need to get my skirmish on again. I say, I say again, I mean, for the first time. But I've got some, um, I've got some Blake Seven stuff as well. Uh, for seven yeah. TV, and oh, seven yeah, TV yeah. is a really great game. Uh, I back- have never played it. I mean, not it's no. very no. good, very, very. Good. Um, some people don't kind it, like the concept of it being a TV show rather than a. Than a than a battle and a war, um, yeah. and they kind of don't get that. But um, <laughs> the, the the mechanics of the game are really good, right? Okay, um, and, um,
1: and that's kind it, of what appealed to me. Actually, what little I know about it is the fact that it's, it's, it's split into seasons and things, isn't it? Or is it episodes and stuff? It's yeah. It's all very uh, yeah. So this is all um, TV uh, themed, isn't it? Whatever it is you're playing on, yeah. I quite like that idea. I yeah, I think, I
0: th- I think um, there's, there's quite a bit of two flat lardy kind of stuff in it because okay. your you, you game is an episode of your series mm. and then um, you have different acts within so you have like an act awesome. one an act two and a finale and each um, section has its own deck of cards um, right. and each what you turn one of those over and it adds friction. So you might oh, okay. turn one over and it say it might say you need to move your character who's nearest to this, or this character activates a, a gadget, draw a gadget, and see what uh, we-.
1: okay so okay.
0: and then, as you go through the deck of cards towards the finale, the mm. cards get more impactful on the game
1: right so
0: it's like building the game to a crescendo yeah, and yeah. you can't kind of hide behind a wall somewhere and because by the time you get to the the final act, you're turning these cards over and you, your figures are flying all over the place and, <laughs> and doing you know and doing stand standing forward rolls and then firing a gun. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>.
1: <laughs> Excellent, I might exactly. take a, a, a proper look at it then because the crooked yeah, dice exactly. figures are fantastic as well, aren't they? The I always stop and look at their uh, their display when uh, whenever I see their stuff at a, a show and they I just love their. I love their sculpts, They're really, really nice. Tons yeah, of characters.
0: The, um, yeah, they've got some absolutely fantastic stuff that I've used for the Sweeney and for, for like Seven. Um, and I'd love to know who their sculptor is because whoever they are, they're, they do an amazing job. Um, yeah, yeah. And and obviously none of none of the figures are exactly what are in TV shows, but they do <laughs> very like some yeah, of the it's things.
1: Good. <laughs> skirting that IP line very, very closely. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very closely. So, <laughs> so
0: uh anything new planned for the channel or more of the same for More the of screen? the same, I
1: think, to be honest. Um uh, I'm working on a couple of videos at the moment just painting videos. Uh I've got quite a few uh quite a few battle reports to come out over the next few weeks after, as I say, after that little break I'm going to take anyway. Uh, yeah. Just kind of the same kind of thing, really. I hope I've mentioned it before. I hope hoping to get some more, uh, more shows because um, after I went to Salute, I decided to start. A friend of mine has been badgering me for a couple of years about it uh, saying you should really get some interviews with people. So I thought this is when I said I went to Salute specifically yeah. to film the show. Uh, and I should have really done it at Partisan, but uh, I just you know got a few interviews with people playing games and things and just got them to talk about their board and what they were doing and that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. And uh, and I think that went down really well. I think just adding in instead of just having you know the 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 film of the boards and the games and stuff people like just have have that little bit of context on top of it of the person that's playing the game or set it up and things i think i think like i said there's something i want to do a bit more of and make them a little bit more uh, professional if that's the the right word you know just to just just to 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 to, to the ante a little bit i think that's the 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 whole idea and that's probably what i'm going to try to do a little bit more next year is just try to make Make the videos a little bit better, you know. Just, yeah. Just add a little bit more for for viewers. That's the plan.
0: Well, yeah, well, I think <clears throat> the um, the big thing for 2022 is obviously the Caesar Awards. Um, oh yes, yeah. Uh, it's Still coming, vote for coming up. It on the 31st. Um, so um, I thought it'd be a good idea for us to, in a totally unbiased way, just um, go go through the categories for the listeners um <laughs> for the nominations storm um, steel um, I, I think what we could do is alex we could make some suggestions for yeah storm energy. steel yeah. Storm so, steel um favorite youtube <laughs> channel is obviously storm of steel um can, can we see any other contenders there alex or are we just sticking <laughs> with storm of steel i think
1: uh well the problem is if i say anything it's my rivals isn't it this is the yeah, this is exactly the yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, Travis won it last year anyway, but I would say probably uh, tabletop CP. But what I'd like to see is I'd like to see some of the smaller channels come through, I think. Uh, mm. Because people like uh, Travis and I guess even me at this point are, are relatively, as I say that, again, inverted commas, relatively well known within that YouTube wargaming world, world. I'd rather see a bit more... Uh, a little yeah, bit more yeah. uh, of the other people come through. I mean, there's people like Big Lee's Miniature Adventures. He's a, he's got yeah. some great, great videos. There's the guys that do the Plastic Crack podcast. There's four yeah. of them. They they do some very good videos on their different channels. Um, yeah. There's you know there's a lot of of good YouTubers that are, uh, are starting to put good effort into their wargaming yeah. output, and I'd, I'd like to see some of those. I think get a bit of recognition as much as anything else. I think well, I think you know, last
0: time there was there was fairly limited nominations, wasn't there? There was only three, I think, in each category. I, I yeah. think it would be nice nice to see that maybe four or five, just so mm. there's more selection to vote for, um, and and maybe uh, certainly not for this year, but for next year, maybe a, a new channel or. Yeah, Sounded somebody who... 1,000 subscribers or
1: something like that. Yeah, something like that, like a newcomer or something. I mean, I was mm-hmm. talking to Greg about it last year, uh, Greg from Little Wars, and he was saying that they had to review, I can't remember, I think it was about something like 900 channels because that's wow. how many got, um, that's how many were were, were nominated because yeah. obviously, you know, people are just nominating everything and anything. And he said basically they they, they reviewed them and some of them, you know, you could tell straight away that, there was no point going beyond the first yeah. couple of seconds, and yeah. then there was obviously other ones that but obviously there's, so there's a massive amount of effort that they put into these things uh, behind the scenes as well so I mean that's something that they've got to bear in mind the more categories yeah. you get the more the more you're gonna have to uh, troll through all that stuff and yeah.
0: yeah i didn't I didn't know if they just um picked the top three or four numbers of nominations and put that forward. Not as far you, as, yeah. but
1: from my understanding of it, they went through, I think, pretty much every single channel that was nominated. Wow, so that that, that, would
0: be, that would be a long day. <laughs>
1: but, but again, as I say, you know, a lot of them, he did say that, you know, some of them he could just, he didn't say any names, obviously, but some you could just see straight away that, you know, A, they'd probably put out two videos, you know, yeah. four years ago or something like that. You know, it was, they they concentrated more on the on the more active and the and the better produced stuff which you know' fair enough it's an awards mm. thing isn't it really yeah. so yes yeah, so, i mean uh, the it's just it's just the sheer amount of work that they've got to put in in the in the background and i think they split it between them you know because yeah. there's a big group of them so they all like took mm. a certain amount of them each and, and went through them mm. and then narrowed it down from that point <laughs> you, to, yeah. you
0: have these 80 channels to look at and i'll look at these <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well well done everyone um so the best war game video aar um it's definitely <laughs> not going to be yorkshire gamers spanish civil war refight um, <laughs> my one and only aar i might do another
1: one eventually but yeah, you should um, so, do more, do more. The more you do it, the better you get at it. I mean, it was a good one anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, people like those things. They, they like battle reports. It's only yeah. the same as having it in a blog, you know. Uh, mm. People just like having it on in the background uh, while they're painting. Yeah. That's what i find.
0: If there was a particular storm of steel AAR that was... Uh, <laughs> people should
1: uh, consider. A, I don't know, because I once I've finished editing them, I instantly forget about them. Uh, so, <laughs> this is half the problem when people come on the comments and tell me that I've done something wrong it's like I can't remember when I played that game never mind what you're talking about you know what what few seconds I rolled the wrong dice uh, yeah because um,
0: you've got them stacked up haven't you so it could be months before yeah, they yeah.
1: come out oh yeah the the one that I'm pointing out this week was recorded in August wow so, you know, that's how far back <laughs> they <likely gone. laughs> but I I don't know how to be honest I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be able to say which one. I think, I don't know, maybe one of the little, the, the quick strike ones that I did recently. I I, yeah. I enjoyed making those and I thought, um, I think the one that I was probably uh, most proud of was with the the quick strike I did about the the paratroopers at D-Day. Um, yeah. Which uh, I put quite a lot of effort into it and I, and I was quite pleased with the out- outcome, really. Of course, I always go, you know, you, you get the usual... Uh, comments people tell you the music's too loud or something, it's all right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, what are you doing? All
0: <laughs> oh, oh, these oh, there's Yorkshire accent on a Yorkshire gamer, game. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've had that before to be honest. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
0: laughs> so, nice, nice, easy one now for the the public. Uh, best war games podcast.
1: Well, which one would you think? Eh? Yeah, well, let me see, <laughs> let me see. Well, I only Yorkshire appear Gage. on the best ones, so that narrows it down, <laughs> doesn't it? So you're
0: gonna you're gonna you're gonna nominate Bruce in the Binyard and not Yorkshire really Gamers. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Podcasts. Just that one episode. <laughs> I did actually, to be honest, again, I did actually go back and I um, the uh, my first round of nominations were for myself, of course. Uh, of but course. I went back and I did nominate quite a few other um not only YouTube channels, but some other uh, podcasts, including yourself as well and, yeah. and Sean's, who's not here, but I, I went back purposely. I say, yeah.
0: Don't mention Sean. He's not here. He's not here. Don't want him to take votes off me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you've got at least one nomination, and that came from me, so oh, you never know. You, you, <laughs> might, you might be in with a chance. <laughs> uh, you never know. You never know. I think you should. I think you should. It's good podcast, this, you know. There's no point telling people who are listening to it because they already know it's a good podcast. But you should listen to the rest of them as well. Yeah, I've been begging. I've been
0: begging on every every episode. I've been, be- I've had my, me- I've had my little bowl out on my best Oliver face. <laughs> but you're getting oh, a good reception
1: no. of these, though. Anyway, aren't you? I mean, you're, you're, you're getting good numbers for the downloads and things. You were saying. Yeah, we were yeah, it's, uh,
0: it's it's very well. And to be to be honest, if I did get nominated, it would be absolutely fantastic because it's been a. It's been a really. I only started in February. We've not been going mm. a year yet, um, but, and I've wildly exceeded the numbers that I was even thinking about. Um, yeah, yeah. In. So, um, and like I said,
1: so, I I won't be the only person that's nominated you for one, I'm sure. And the thing is, know, yeah, like you say, I, the the just a sheer. Uh, I don't know. I was, <laughs> Uh, head swellingness of, of getting nominated in the first place is great, you know, whether you win it or not, it doesn't matter. The fact that somebody has gone out of their way to to put your name in the uh in, in the hat for them really, I think that's a that's a great thing, you know. It shows you doing the right thing
0: at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And um, just in case you wanted to know listeners, the the, vote, the nominations are still open.
1: <laughs> 31st of December
0: 31st of December so um, moving on rapidly things, yeah. from the uh, that one um, best war game blog uh, blog other than, other than Yorkshire Gamer obviously um, <laughs> or oh, the now um,
1: defunct Storm of Steel <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know I like pairs. I don't. Yeah, to be honest I, I don't read that a great many blogs these days because I'm usually concentrating on YouTube, um, Ian's is good Treads and yeah. Tracks and threads, I think it is tracks and threads. Yeah. Uh, there, there is quite a lot of them out there, and I used to read a lot more than I do nowadays. You yeah, know, i i, I don't
0: spend fun. I don't spend as much time on there as, as maybe I should. Um, yeah. I, I'll give a, a shout out for Olicania lad um, James Loach's um, web um, blog. He does a lot. He's done a lot of Italian wars and really, really mm-hmm. good painter. Uh, local lad lives up in in Ilkley um yeah. that's a really a long-standing blog as well been going for a long long time um really? I, I'd love to see that
1: uh world as well Sid Sid Roundwood. His, his blog is fantastic yeah his is excellent uh really nicely laid out and 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 just nice 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 uh long-running blog as well well worth checking out
0: yeah he has some great he has some great ideas with mm. painting and um the, the flashing blade stuff he's doing at the moment. Um, that's right, it's, yeah, it, it's well outside my comfort zone with its two foot <laughs> square table. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, it looks superb and and in mm. all the background he's done for it and all the cards he's done for it. Um, oh, yeah, it yeah, it's absolutely superb. And he he's another one who takes part in the analog hobbies winter paint challenge. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll be uh. I'll be finishing second to him in the uh, Best <laughs> Painter of the Year competition, as usual. <laughs>
1: yeah, when people are like seeing the end to these things, there's just no point, is there, really? Just leave them to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's taking part that counts, not not winning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think everyone's got some cracking ideas there for people to vote for in, in some of the categories for the Caesars Award. So, we'll take another short break and then we'll come back and we'll do some questions.
1: Hi, Ken. Stephen Wold here from episode
0: 11 of your fantastic podcast. From Down Under, I just want to wish all your followers and yourself a really happy and great festive season. And I hope you get some time behind the brushes and with your contrast
1: paints. Merry Christmas. Hi, it's Richard Harris of Legendary War Games here from Episode 2 of the Yorkshire Gamers Reap Big War Games podcast, wishing you all a great Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our New Year programme offers Napoleonic's World War II, American Civil War and a 1960s Cold War game. If you fancy a Reap Big game over a weekend, see our website. May your dice roll kindly in 2022, and cheers, Ken.
0: So we we're, we're back, and uh, we asked uh, the listeners and and um, watchers and uh, what have you in various Yorkshire Gamer formats to uh, put some questions for our hashtag Ask Our Nora section and um we've got some from twitter we've got some from facebook and we've, we've got some from instagram as well um so there's 17 questions and uh, like one of those really shit christmas raffles down the working men's <laughs> club uh, <laughs> i'm going to ask alex to draw a number and then um, if you get it right, you'll get probably the, the worst bottle of Spanish wine you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Blue uh, nun. That D- Doreen from behind the bar brought back from her holiday in Tenerife 20 years ago.
1: Oh, uh, that's posh. De-
0: <laughs> Desperate to get rid of. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Two weeks see, into our Yeah, let's see what the magic of the Christmas raffle brings. So let's have a number between 1 and 17, Alex.
1: Okay, I've got my D seventeen here. I'm gonna roll this. Yeah. And I've got a three. A three? Yeah. Okay. Um ah. Um this I
0: hope is you're gonna crossed... remember
1: which ones I've asked for, because otherwise you might repeat I'll... them. Yeah, I'll
0: cross them off. Um <laughs> but it's up to it's up to you to remember which ones you've shouted out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is what could possibly uh, which... go wrong. Well yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so... This is from, and this is, uh, I think this was aimed at Sean being here, but he isn't, so we'll, we'll just tear it to <laughs> We'll answer it in anyway. his stead. Yeah, sorry, Sean, but if you're not here, mate, you can't put your six mil uh, <laughs> Leave forward. a comment. Yeah. Uh, t- <laughs> on Twitter, um, at ToastinessBGG, um, asking for a friend. My, I, sorry, I mean his miniatures collection is all six mil. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that it's distinctly under average. My, uh, my, my uh, his wife uh, says it's not size that matters, but how you use it.
1: Should my friend be worried? <laughs> uh, no, no worries whatsoever. Uh, six mil is a perfectly good, reasonable scale when you don't have much space, or you, well, even uh, if you have space, uh, six mil games are fantastic. Uh, my, my, Blucher. Collection is 7,000, 6 millimeter British and French, and now adding Prussians to that, uh, and they look fantastic on a table. As far as I'm concerned, the more the merrier in six mil. Uh, there is no shame in going small. Is uh, is is probably the answer that that Sean would also give. I think. Yeah. What do then, you think, Ken?
0: So surprisingly for me, um, <laughs> uh, I I would say that going small is a great way of going big. Um, oh yeah. so so if um you know I, as we discussed on our previous pod podcast I have this unbelievable uh inability to skirmish game, and when i check <laughs> when i go when I go down scales, I merely use the same base size for a unit and fill it with more figures so <laughs> so to me, six mil is a fantastic way to have Eighty, hundred and twenty-figure units, all yeah. on the same space, um, and have even bigger
1: games on the bigger table. Yeah, exactly that. It starts to look even more like an army, doesn't it? When you when yeah. you stand back and see the 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 tiny little men packed tightly together, and look, it looks great. I think. On these yeah, six mil. I'm um, big big fan of six mil.
0: Yeah, we've got to talk about um Paul Tarver game, haven't we? And that, yeah, that's that's how it should be done i think
1: exactly that yeah it's that big it's that big overall over, overarching uh, feel of the of the battle itself isn't it not just like a little bit on the edge of it it's the actual you know the attack on a on a, on a town a siege or something you know it looks fantastic
0: mm. but if you restrict if you if you, i mean i start when i started game it when I came to university, we did quite a bit of six mil and I've got six mil ancients and stuff because the only place we had to game other than down the club was uh, on the kitchen table in the student dig. So yeah. that was... You know, a bit of six mil Thracians versus Republican Romans, and um, all <laughs> well, what well, well, mad, mad things. That the Th- Th- Rom is it that the Thracians have that, that yeah. probably didn't even exist now that archaeology's <laughs> looked at it? And it doesn't have to spoil things, doesn't it? You have you have this magic <laughs> yeah. weapon, and then somebody goes bloody digging somewhere and goes, oh, yeah, they didn't have any of them.
1: Nonsense, historical nonsense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but, uh, nah, such, a, such a shame such a shame so yeah I, I think yeah i think we've answered that i think um our mate there is uh nothing to worry about um yeah and i would say if you're going small go big
1: yeah absolutely absolutely that's okay. what it's so. for epic all right so,
0: yeah uh next roll of your d17
1: okay i've got this time an 11.
0: 11. Ah, and this is from from uh, "Speaker of the Devil" and he shall appear uh, from Twitter. This is our mate Pear Broden. Um, he sent <laughs> he sent in a in a number of questions, uh, and I think um, I'm, I'm again I'm kind of glad that Sean isn't here for this one because he he would have no knowledge of this whatsoever, um, <laughs> and because uh, it's a tea question, right? Um, and um, he, he's prayers already realized that we will go for Yorkshire tea. Um, But (laughs) the question is, is it worth going for gold?
1: Yorkshire gold. Yorkshire tea gold. Well, I'm going to let you know a little secret here, actually. As much as I do like Yorkshire tea, I don't actually have any in the house. I drink PG tips. Oh. Okay. (laughs) I can hear you slowly dying, and I'm sorry. Oh but, no! You know, I'm, I'm a working class lad. What can I say? You know, I will go for cheap stuff. I, I like the sweepings off the tea, tea factory floor. They're nice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it makes a good cup of tea. Uh, but I do like Yorkshire tea. But it's because the, the water around here doesn't uh, doesn't work with Yorkshire tea. You have to have uh, you have to have right water. Is so, that is
0: that because it's is that because it's full of grit and the sweat of steel workers? That's working? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Hard working laughs> Northerners have sweated in this water. It won't make
1: tea. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, whether you have uh, Yorkshire tea, gold, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose, uh, Yeah, you, well, you may as well. You? Well, we'll have it for Sunday, or you know, for for Sunday best, or for for when when uh, when visitors come round, when the Queen comes round. And you get your aftertaste yeah, called yeah. out, don't you? I wouldn't yeah. drink it every day. I'd 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 have it special. I think you know, like a birthday yeah. or something. You know. Yeah, we 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 don't go for it here. I have to say, it's, it's um, Day. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit
0: ugly. It's a bit hotly. It's a bit Harrogate for us. Um, <laughs> us pudzy folk. Yeah, you know, we, we've we've got we've got injured bears to look after here in pudsey, and, <laughs> and we can't afford all our extra money. Goes to save <laughs> bears who've been who've been shot whilst marching through the uh,
1: anyway, anyway, shot in the war, war, well, the bear war. Well, come on, thanks for that pair. I think we we slaughtered that one. Uh, 17 yeah, again, <laughs> shotty dead. Uh, oh, I've rolled this time, I've rolled a 16, 16, 16. Oh, it's we're into the depth because that. that's actually on the edge of the dice. because because he's such a weird 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 number of faces (laughs) D17
0: dice are available from the Storm of Steel website store (laughs) 18 quid each yeah (laughs) very reasonable value um so from from Instagram and uh VSM ninety six, and this this is probably gonna be me answering this one, but you might have a go, Alex. Um, what's the biggest challenge of organizing massive battles?
1: Uh well I've never done it, but I would assume <laughs> <laughs> I would assume it's it's getting everybody in one place. Because if you're gonna organise it, you've probably already got you've probably already got an idea of what it is that you want to do. You've probably already got the terrain that you want to do it on. You've probably already got the figures that you're going to do it with. So unless you're starting from scratch, most of those have been ticked off, ticked off already, I would have thought. The next thing you've got to do is herd the cats and that's the the players, isn't it? Get all them into one yeah. place uh, at one time. And then ensure that they all know what they're doing as well and how they're doing it. Um
0: gamers are notoriously difficult to all get together in one place i mean yeah. we uh, we failed tonight to get three people in the same place
1: <laughs> exactly that <laughs> but, but yeah i mean it's, it wasn't a big game but the last game i played at the club last week i took wings of war down and we had i think there was 11 or 12 of us playing it and yeah. just to get people to choose which side they wanted to be took about 20 minutes it's like all you have to do is just sit on one side of the table or the other so for God's sake, yeah. you, know, you know. So even just doing it that that at that level, uh, and then so organizing it up, I think it's the 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 difficulty is the people. I don't know what do you think. You've done it more way. Well, I've never done it, so even doing. Yeah, it also, you know, mean,
0: there's more. another sl- slightly similar question in in the set, so I'm going to stay away from an answer for that one. But um I think the challenge of organizing it is. Uh, and this might sound a bit daft, is the organising of it. So yeah. you you have to spend time before you actually get there to organise a you know a table, um, have a battle map ready, your orders of mm-hmm. battle, um, briefings for all your players, make sure that you've got all the kit that you need, all the dice, all the cards, all the rulers, or you know. Um, explosion markers whatever you need for that game because there's nothing worse than turning up at a game with 12 people ready to go and then you go right um i'll just get the the um, routed markers oh bollocks (laughs) oh they're at home so um that that's the biggest challenge and then the the other thing that a lot of people need to kind of forget is the ability to be flexible um Mm. and the ability to Mix it up when you maybe have more players than you thought you were going to get, or you have less players yeah. than you thought you were going to get, or you need to have that ability to see that maybe somebody isn't quite involved um you know at one end of the table or they're not taking part as much as that you would like them to because of the the situation of the battle, and then changing yeah. up changing up the scenario or. Or doing something to get them involved mm. rather than them sitting there and um thinking god these big games are shite um <laughs> i'm not doing that out here and i think that's a lot of a lot of the people who've who i've spoken to over the years who don't like big games have had that like sean said on our on our previous podcast where he um he was um sat down moving a, an ammunition wagon for two days at Five yeah. inches a turn. Um, yeah, but it didn't put him off. So yeah, maybe yeah, but... if
1: if it's your first first time you've ever played, you might not you know be so worried about that. But yeah, if you if you go expecting to be part of the action and like you say, you're just shifting a logistics wagging about it, that can be a bit dispiriting. Uh, yeah, I think I th- yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, player downtime is probably one of the biggest, it's probably one of the big hardest things, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like you said, people just not being involved in it for whatever reason, whether yeah. you know the scenario is is all it happening on one well. part of the table and and they're not at that part of the table, and just getting them involved in it and, yeah. and keeping yeah. it fresh for everybody and enjoyable for everyone. I think that's probably, yeah, that's probably probably the biggest issues
0: excellent
1: excellent um i mean that goes so that goes for you know any size of game big game yeah, or small yeah. doesn't it really yeah. you know if, even if you've only got if you've got three players and one of them is just sat twiddling their thumbs it's crap for mm. them as well you know if you've got 30 players and one of them sat twiddling their thumbs it's crap for them you know yeah
0: exactly exactly so uh
1: we, we've uh we've covered that
0: one so let's roll that dice again
1: okay this time it's a nine
0: a nine Mm. Well, uh, we're back to one of Pear's, uh questions, um, and um, we've kind of, kind of, kind of answered um, this a little bit earlier <laughs> on. Um, but it's Pear, Pear's asking, "What's your best gaming experience of 2021, and and also of
1: all time?" Well, that's a hard one. Well, yeah, we've kind of already answered the 2021 one, haven't we? So just yeah. rewind and listen to that bit. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably the Lardy Games Days, I think, were some of the best yeah. experiences. Yeah. And best game overall. You go on, you you tell the you say the 2021 if you've got a best one while I ever think about that. Probably best of all time,
0: and I'm gonna I'm gonna harp back to nostalgia with this one, um, is um I mentioned it in previous podcasts before, but we I had a friend when I was younger um who whose dad used to make um uh like training films for ICI and people like that oh yeah and he, he had a he had a big cinema where the the, the, the big wigs used to come down and, and watch these training films and adverts and stuff that he'd done and when uh-huh. we used to clear the seats out and have massive games in there um, yeah. I, And i I distinctly remember a waterloo game that we played there that <laughs> um was absolutely massive Yeah. Um, and i just remember daft things like um napoleon challenging wellington to a a, a single armed duel with uh, tape measures <laughs> right uh, Histi- we,
1: historical was it yeah
0: yeah well <laughs> um my friend my friend sean who i've not seen for a long time was he was very dramatic and he he, he would go let's us, let us end this uh, senseless waste of human life and duel uh the winner <laughs> shall win the day and uh, then he chased he chased me round the bloody room with a, a tape measure, um, but yeah that that was that was just one of those games where we were kind of uh, flush with youth and and, yeah, and yeah. excitement for wargaming and it was a huge table and we got thousands of fifteen million those days thousands yeah. of figures and um, I always remember that Napoleon got killed um, leading a charge of the guard lancers. Uh, and that, uh, that the French were about to win as well, and um, Napoleon got killed, and and the morale crumbled, and and the, the British and Prussians won the day. So that, yeah, that that's I still remember that with fondness.
1: Uh, to be honest, I think mine actually probably uh, it, it, again nostalgia, and it it probably revolves around um, we played a series of of Waterloo campaign games with using the SE one seventy second figures that I had. And basically we just got every single one that we got and put them on, on the table. And I had, uh, it was on, well, I'd say table. It was basically two, two, uh, doors. Uh, the, the, I think my dad had sourced for me somewhere and one of them was painted with green emulsion paint and was all bent up and things. And, uh, oh yeah, we had hundreds of these figures on and I think the British got wiped out to a man. Every single one of them wow. died. <laughs> so they lost to Waterloo. But I just remember, it's like you say, it was not so much about the game. It was more about, you know, the the enthusiasm we had for wargaming at the time, you know, as we were kids. And all, yeah. half the figures weren't painted. It was, you know, it was a right mess, but it was just such fun times, really, to play those games. You know, that was the, I think that's the uh, endearing uh memories of it. I think they're probably some of my best games just because, you know, the the idiocy of youth youth, I think, you know, we didn't care about orders of battle or how many men are supposed to be in a battalion, or brigade or whatever, or even which ones they were? You know, we didn't. We knew we had some French, we had some British, and they were fighting on Waterloo. You know, we had a we had the ridge, we had a couple of the farms, and that was it. You know, it was great. What <laughs> yeah, more you need, really?
0: Yeah, I I, rem- I remember playing some games with those. um, one, They won seventy second, weren't they? The plastic that's right. Figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then some some people had some twenty five mil figures. Right, um, and I remember, I remember Sean bringing along uh, a unit of Hesch Darmstadt, uh, and we were all like, "Going, well, you've made that up. That's not a real place. That you, <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't just go on the internet, could you, and go hash Darmstadt? No,
1: not a chance. <laughs>
0: so uh, yeah, so uh, my my apologies, Sean, if I um, if I doubted your uh, honesty <laughs> with with the the. the 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 historical <laughs> accuracy of those figures, I, I was unaware that that was a real place. Yeah, so there we go. <laughs> uh, so let's roll the dice again.
1: Right, rolling this time. I uh, can't remember what numbers uh, I rolled before. Uh, you know, because I am rolling a dice, I'm not just pulling these numbers out of my head. Obviously, uh, <laughs> thirteen. Lucky for some. Thirteen. Lucky
0: thirteen. Ah, and this is the this is the one one question from Facebook, and um, is is relatively um serious question for us um mm. uh, this is from simon stokes Um i are going to be able
1: to answer that though, if it's serious
0: yeah well, he's probably he's probably <laughs> accidentally sent this to the wrong podcast uh, <laughs> yeah um, god's only scales serious podcast <laughs> listen, to, listen to that one uh, so <laughs> terrain on a war games table particularly with respect to ancients and renaissance um, he seems to be in a minority, and wanting plenty ter- of terrain um, on his table, rivers and towns, etc. Um, but he suggested a, a big Fenorvo refight, which is the the game that I did at Fiasco, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone else in the club thinks he's lost his mind. <laughs> 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 um, and, and he says, "Has it? Has he lost his his mind uh, to want more terrain in, in Ancients and Renaissance games?"
1: no of course not why not why, why why would you i mean they you know there, there there are there are fields and 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 terrain items and woods and still in the ancient and renaissance periods you know what they, they had towns they had a large urban areas so you can have those onto a board you, you know they have the rivers are were you know, were canalised, so they're they're bigger than they are now. You know, uh, the, terrain is incredibly important. I think on any and any uh, wargaming board. Eh? I uh, maybe I can't remember if it was this year or previous year. I, I I posed the question on Twitter. You know, which is, are figures better than terrain? Is terrain better than figures, or are they equal? And I can't remember what the the poll results were, but yeah. we had quite an interesting discussion. And uh, Ivan. From uh, Naughty Weasel Games said, uh, Painted figures, really nicely painted figures on a table with no terrain uh, look like really nicely painted figures. But yeah. uh, mediocre painted figures on a table with really nice terrain look like really great, well painted figures. Uh, or I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically it was like, you know, the, you can get away with, with, uh, if you've got a really nice table, you can get away with mediocre figures kind of thing, you know, because it's all part of the whole spectacle, isn't it? It's all part mm. of the whole immersion. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm with Terrain Tober and things, I'm more into, you know, these days, more into Terrain now. I mean, it's been browbeating about me year, for years about it because he's always been more into the railway modelling side of things. Uh, mm. That's how he got into wargaming. Uh, so he's always been more more interested in the terrain side of things. And he's always had a, his t- tables look fantastic. And, and it's only relatively recent that I start picking up my terrain game. And I think, yeah, you, we, we, war gamers in general, I'm generalizing here, but lots of war gamers just concentrate on the figures and then yeah. sec- the secondary uh, glances is, is cast over to the terrain. And I think, you know, you're doing it wrong. It's all, it's all part of the whole thing, isn't it? You know, mm. uh, even having little bits and pieces of scatter terrain and stuff you know like little anything that you can just chuck on a table just to fill it up and make make it look interesting you know for players and things um yeah like i, think, the guys, well, I think um,
0: we, we've talked a little bit i think about um competitions games didn't we in in the previous thing and i think a yeah. lot of a lot of ancients play is competition based mm. um and and although I mean I'm no historian, but um, I know that the, the better like Alexander would want a, a flat surface for his pike blocks. He wouldn't want um, you know huge bodies of men trying to keep formation whilst crossing fourteen hedges and a stream. <laughs> um, whereas your you know your goals are going to be um, taking advantage of the terrain in the in the forest whilst attacking the yeah, yeah. Romans. So um I, I don't think a lot of ancient games the, the more serious the uh, serious is probably the wrong one but the more competition points based don't really use terrain or when they do it's kind of part of the setup and you can some games isn't the way you can move terrain around the table based on die rolls and stuff
1: yeah which, yeah there's quite a few rules that do that don't they they allow players all, to move it
0: always but, there's a nice mechanic in um in in Meg in um Glorium, where depending yeah. on how good your two generals are, they that you have like a pre battle manoeuvre. Okay. Uh, so um if you had a Roman general versus a Gaul general, the Roman general would try and manoeuvre the battle into an area with less terrain to right. suit his troops. Um and obviously the Gaul would try and do the um the the opposite to that. So that's quite a nice mechanic for that. Um mm. but it. If you're fighting, if you fight in historical refights, uh, which is what I mostly do, then your terrain's decided
1: for you, really. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing, isn't it? But then also as well, I mean, you know, kind of off off the back of the Meg thing, you don't the the generals don't always choose where they fight, do they? I mean, if they're caught in in an open, yeah. so you could you could be trapped, you know, between two clumps of trees. But my my thing is is uh, scatter terrain works well because. You don't have to have, you know, like a massive wood. You could just have a couple of trees mounted individually and just stick them on the table and just move them if the troops go up to them, you know, just move them out of the way. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be there. But it just looks nice, you know what I mean? It just adds just another layer of of immersion into the game, I think. you know, and it's, and it's a very simple, easy fix. It doesn't have to be a game-changing or rule-changing piece of terrain. It can just be there and can be moved out of the way if you need to just make it look nice you know like uh, the lads some of the lads at the club they play on like bottle green six by four tables and it drives me mad i just think just <laughs> just, just buy a cloth just a uh, you know just get get yourself yeah. a gaming mat. you know you know they're, they're expensive but you'll use it a lot and it looks it just looks a lot better and it makes the otherwise you may as well just be moving pieces of paper around with a uni yeah. I think you know yeah it's, if, you're going that, if you're going that far to paint all the figures and stuff, go that little extra step and just make some nice terrain. Mm, exactly. you know, I don't know so, if that was answering so, the question or not, but, you know, it's like, well, not. Yeah. It really. <laughs> is, is that what we're supposed to be doing, answering the questions? Um, <laughs>
0: so, so uh, Simon, you're not going mad, mate. And uh, if you're going to play Funovo, you definitely need a big river down the middle of it. And mm. um, if you don't cross it, you're not going to have a battle. um so uh, there's your answer um get over the get over the river and get scrapping so thanks very much for that simon and
1: uh let's have another one okay rolling that dice oh it's a one it's a one one.
0: ah this is from our our friend our friend on twitter uh the friends of general haig and uh, this is this is definitely stuck this one indefinitely to cause problems (laughs) <laughs> um
1: and you'll see why i'm sure minute. you want to ask it
0: yeah um and, and again he's now with sean here there's no um opposing side to this question so which <laughs> which relish do you prefer a proper traditional one by royal appointment like lee and perrin's sauce, or a johnny come lately imitator like henderson's relish
1: well I don't even. I don't even want. I don't want to answer that. With, I don't want to acknowledge it with an answer because there is yeah. only one relish, and that is Henderson's. You know, all the rest are, are just. They may as well draw it out of a swamp, aren't they? <laughs> you know, that's my. Yeah, answer. well,
0: Henderson Henderson's relish is eighteen fifty something. Looking at the bottle, so yeah.
1: when's uh, Worcester? I, I, Worcester is like 1920 or something, probably 1980, where, isn't it? Yeah, I
0: mean, where the where where, where is where is Worcestershire? I mean, who, who cares? Yeah, what's it famous for?
1: <laughs> Actually, I, I met Boba Fett at Worcester.
0: Oh, did you? Was he was
1: he on a was he on a bit of a bounty hunt in in Worcester? <laughs> He was, uh, he was selling. Um, I'm just, I'm just looking up where when was Worcester sauce actually first came out. Uh, Worcester sauce has been considered a generic term since 1876.
0: Oh, I think Henderson's is is older than that. I th-
1: okay, uh, well, actually, it's fermented liquid created in the city of Worcester during the first half of the 19th century, but it hasn't got a date for it. I don't think.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: you Liam Perry first
0: 1870 something.
1: 1876 is when it, when Worcestershire sauce was considered a generic term, and that's the oh. High Court of Justice ruled that Liam Perrins did not own a trademark for the name Worcestershire sauce. Oh. So, so that's a big difference. Liam Perrins was commercialised in 1837, and the first type of sauce to bear the Worcestershire name. So they do have it all the way back to 1837. Might
0: just nip in. This is exciting stuff here for the readers. This it is, is nail biting. This Probably is like the me final, final, strictly on amphetamine. This is.
1: <laughs> oh god! Come on, where is it? Uh, it's on the front of the bottle. <laughs> well, just read it out then. I've got a bottle in front oh, of me.
0: Yeah, no, I've got. I'm upstairs. I've <laughs> got a bottle with <laughs> uh, me.
1: There's a bottle of. What do you mean? You don't drink it neat? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, it does say "Made in Sheffield for over a hundred years" on this bottle picture, but I can't see an actual date for it. Yeah, I'm sure um, the one I've got says 1858 or something like that. Yeah, manufactured the latter part of the 19th century, so it can it can have that. We we're a bit later, but that doesn't mean to say it's it's worse because it's not.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, that's that's two two votes for Henderson's relish. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, but there we go. That's it. Yeah,
1: hundred percent two votes. There you go. What more do you need? <laughs> we win, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. We Yorkshire.
0: <laughs> so um, we for my, we've been going to the football for years, me and the wife, and she oh. thought that that chant was the was the fans saying your shit to the other seat, <laughs> not Yorkshire. And, I, and she got it, it after about. Tw- I got it after about twelve years of going to watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, last question Give before you. we take a break.
0: So okay.
1: uh, rolling our dice again, and I've got a 15. 15. 15. Ah, this is the other big game question.
0: And um so Henry Hawk99 on Instagram. Um, I found that big games are visually impressive, but between setup play, takedown, and time constraints, um a conclusion is not often reached. Have you found this to be the case? If so, you do. Have you got any suggestions for organizing and speeding up play you, well again i'm
1: not you go first ken because i'm not really a big <laughs> game specialist
0: <laughs> yeah well this is this is this is a, a really really common thing with with big games um and people who um are starting out on big games and um the, the temptation is always to get five or six mates in a room and bring all of your figures and put all of them on the table without any consideration or planning whatsoever, mm. and then you, you you know you've got wall to wall units of figures and everywhere. it looks fantastic, and then you try and play it and it doesn't particularly work very well <laughs> um, because there's been no thought or organisation gone into the the actual game itself. So yeah. if if you're lucky enough like we are having a permanent club premises, you can set massive games up and. You know whenever you need to go and or whenever you want to go and play you go and play um, mm. but when you when you let's say uh, and a quite a common thing would be somebody hiring a village hall for a weekend or a church hall for a weekend you've got mm. to plan for the fact that that's what you've got you've got a weekend um, yeah. and you, you, it's the planning stage of it like we talked about with the previous question is of not planning for the biggest possible game that you can, but pl- planning for the game that you can do yeah. with the time and the space uh, that you've got. Um, so that my suggestion is just, uh, I'm not being rude, is uh, organizing better um, than, <laughs> you know, because the temptation's there. And when we were, you know, when we were younger, like we were being nostalgic then, everyone would bring all the figures, wouldn't they? And you'd just go, yeah, oh, stick yeah. them on the table, stick them on the table.
1: That's it. Uh, it's piss, piss poor uh, preparation precedes piss poor performance, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think. I mean, again, I'm not. It's not something I've done, but I think maybe even I don't have slimming down the rules a little bit. just so things speed up on the actual day, you know. So you're not. So you're not looking through rules books because that can take a lot of time up. Uh, it can eat up quite a lot of time just trying to actually find a particular rule. You know, if you can't think of it, just roll a d six one to three. Yeah. one way, four to six, the other way, and just keep keep the game flowing. Uh, maybe I would also suggest maybe having specific points of capture on the table, mm. and whoever captures the most at the end of the two days is the winner. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like you're not fighting to the end of an army. You're fighting just to get these particular points, and whoever's got the most on their side uh, wins the, the game. So at least you've got a conclusion. You know what I mean? I think, I think things like that would be, that'd be the route I would go down. Be bit more specific, uh, scenario specific, like that, rather than just turning up and everything scrapping until you know there's nothing left, kind of thing. Yeah, I think um,
0: a lot of the desert war games that we do, World or two desert games that we do, has a um, different um objectives for different armies and and yeah you know the the british can kill absolutely all the italians and and, or capture all the italians and still not win because the italians will have got objectives that are more suitable for their troop types and quality um Mm -hmm. and and i think that's a on the back of what you said there that's a another good way of, of doing it of having your objectives or um kill three times as many as the other opponent etc um, and yeah, we we yeah. did a, we did a, we did a game a really really good day, game that we always talk about of uh, spanish civil war um mm. in and it was the attack on the university in madrid right and there were three players um on the republican side and three players on the nationalist side um but each of them had a set of six objectives that right. were un, unknown to any of the other players okay so there, there was a there was a famous bit where the the anarchist player was running across the battlefield with one of his flags, and everyone's going, "What the f- what, what? are you doing?" Uh, but one of his objectives was to plant his anarchist flag on the top of um, one of the other Revol- the Poom building or something like that, right, one of the yeah. opposing communist things <laughs> forces, and they get points for that. So that that's a really good way. So yeah, yeah, um, organize. Uh, for the time and, and space that you've got, and think of or have a way of totting up a winner, whether you've finished an in inverted commas or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the way, just having a bit more um, more focused on on those scenario objectives.
0: Cool. Well, there we go. We'll um, take a, a quick break um, for some more Christmas messages before we come back uh, for the final bit of Nora.
1: Simon Hall here from Episode 8, the creator of MEG and now Division of Steel and also the lead designer for the Rome, Total War, the board game. Just uh, want to wish you all a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Um, this year has been an amazing year. We're now moved back from South Africa, so it's really good to be back in Blighty. And I'm really looking forward to some, uh, some big games with my friends in the UK during the course of next year. Been an amazing year. Where MEG continues to flourish with people loving it. Divisions of Steel is going to be out on pre-sale, December the 17th and Rome Turtle War the board game is going to game found I think January 17th so next year is going to be an amazing year look forward to joining you on one of the shows and for some games take care bye.
0: Mark Freeth here from episode five of Yorkshire Gamers Reek Big War Games podcast. I just want to wish all you gamers out there a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. I really hope to see some of you in the new year we have a selection of Napoleonic, Italian Wars, Indian Mutiny, and English Civil War for you all. So just check out the website for dates. I look forward to seeing you all in the new year. Right, so here we go then. It's the, the final final bit of the final show of the year. And um, we've got a few questions left, so let's see what uh, Alex's lucky 17-sided dice gives us.
1: Okay, I'm just trying to work out again which actual sides I've rolled on this thing. Uh, oh, there we go. That's a four this time. A four? We haven't rolled that one before, have we? Oh, no. It's we amazing isn't um, it, how this uh, dice just keeps rolling completely different numbers every time I roll it.
0: Anyone think it was random. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're back at Twitter's and uh, at rostrum oest. Um, have you got any thoughts for a historical scene, themes for historical miniatures? And he does say, I'm not
1: sure if this is for this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to work out the the question <laughs> any thoughts for historical well, i suppose,
0: I suppose um, historical something like that silver bayonet that's come out where, where you are using napoleonics in a like a gothic horror setting
1: oh uh, um, okay okay oh, it's a, oh is it fantasy themes for historical miniatures yeah a a oh, historical is, oh yeah. a historical sorry I thought you said historical themes for historical miniatures i was going to say well oh. yeah i use Use Napoleonic figures for the Waterloo campaign. There you go. (laughs) 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 Any anything that's historical, use that. Uh, I don't know to be honest. Uh, from my point of view, I'm, I know there's a massive buzz about silver bayonets, and a lot of people are, are buying it and and going mad about it and things. And to me, I don't know, it's, it's, it's something I've just never been that interested in that kind of thing. Um, yeah, doing history It's like you know, like Conflict Forty Seven and things. So I find I find the the historical uh, period in itself is is interesting without having to add you know vampires or or uh, mechanoid. Uh, mm. Creatures or whatever, you know, into the Second World War. It's like the, the. I don't really understand the appeal of it, but you know, each of their own. At the end of the day, like it's just not my thing. I'm more interested yeah. in history. Well, I've, I've, um, I've always had um two
0: wargaming rules, the wargaming rules of life, um, <laughs> and one of the one of one of those is um to not do the same period in in different scales.
1: <laughs> so. Um, well, I've broken like, that rule several times.
0: Yeah. So I, I've got six I've got six mil ACW army. I haven't got fifteens, I haven't got tens, I haven't got twenty-eights. Um, I've cheated a little bit with World War Two, where I've got twenty-eight mil desert World War Two and 15 mil <laughs> Russian front world war two and six different theater. Western Fine. So I cheated a little bit with that, but, um, but the, the other of the two rules is is no weird shit
1: is this like your painting guide
0: yeah so yeah
1: <laughs> don't fuck about no weird shit
0: no weird shit it's, it's, it's definitely one i've bre- breached it a couple of times I, i've got um i did there was a, a game oh uh, i'm looking on me i'm looking on my shelf behind me now can't remember what it was called um it was like a, a victorian steampunk thing uh empire yeah, 1880, of the Dead, was 1889
1: was it yeah yeah that the one with yeah with all the dirigibles and things like that and cogs and stuff wasn't it
0: yeah and um i got some figures for that mostly because i wanted to paint the figures um yeah. and we there was a jack the ripper scenario in there that we played a couple of times uh uh-huh. as 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 like a family thing, occasionally we'll play games together and that worked really mm. well for, for that context. Um but that that's and, and obviously Lord of the Rings is real, um so that doesn't count as weird <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so, really uh, boring. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> oh, uh, oh, not not when you've got not when you've got um six hundred twenty eight mil Rohan cavalry going across the table. that, that is a, a sight psych-
1: yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably like to see that. That would be nice. That,
0: that's a sight, that's a sight to see because obviously I did skirmish level again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think you're probably right, Rostromoest. This is probably the wrong podcast. <laughs> quite, yeah, you? I think so.
1: But, but I thank mean, you, thank you. I was I was reading a review I think in WSS magazine of uh, Silver Bayonet, and it was saying. Uh, I think it said, you know, he. Uh, you end up basically ignoring the vampires, and then the French and the British end up just fighting each other. I just thought, well, why don't you play sharp practice then? What's the point? Yeah. yeah you know, well, yeah. what's the point of having that I, extra thing
0: yeah. in there? If I am good at one thing, I'm very good at not getting on board with new trends. Yeah. Uh, and um, you'll get something will come on board and it'll be Vogue for a while, and everyone will jump on it. Like Gangs of Rome, there's, there's one. Um yeah, where's that now? Um yeah, exactly. So, I mean um, like I was, I
1: was talking to somebody at Theater Pudsey actually, it's about it. Uh one of the stalls they were saying, Oh, yeah, you know, we're selling a lot of silver bayonets at the moment. And I said, Yeah, in six months, nobody will be buying it. And yeah, I think that's yeah. it's gonna be true, you know. They they are there, they're flashing the pans. Uh, some people will play it, but there will also be something new, and somebody else will, you know, they'll just find another period to put vampires into. I don't know, you know. Italian Wars. <laughs> yeah, Italian wars. wars
0: vampires. <laughs> but if you if you buy if you buy twenty eight mil World War One figures, then you're going to be playing twenty eight mil World War One, maybe with a different set of rules. Mm. Um, but those figures are generic, whatever you do. Whereas if yeah. you go for a specific game system, you tie yourself mm-hmm. down to that game system, and um yeah, yeah, very much. Whereas stop. you get that you get opponents during that initial flush of of, of excitement getting you know opponents later on it is probably not as not as easy uh, yeah uh, so we've got we've got a few left so uh what do you want to go for me
1: uh, i'm going to give up all pretense now what numbers are left <laughs> <laughs> dear reader you there's what, no such thing what, as what, a d17
0: what we'll do is because there's two these two really there's two really crap questions that i'm not going to do and you avoid them. Sometimes. You can't um, leave it tonight.
1: You've got to say what they are, so we can oh, pour right. and scorn on them. I'll
0: do. I'll do, I'll, I'll do the crap questions, and I'm very sorry, Battle Brush Studios, but these are these are two of the worst questions for a wargaming podcast I've ever. You just heard. lost a
1: subscriber. He's
0: he's a he's, he's, uh, the, the cracking cracking Twitter account. Great painter. Yeah, amazing questions for podcasts. So he has done. He has done. Uh, he has done four questions, and um, two of them are. I'll do the two bad ones. Um, so, what is what is the best cover version of Last Christmas? <laughs> no idea. I didn't even know there was a cover version. I, do, of Last I didn't Christmas. know there was a cover
1: version of it either. So there we go. We've, the we've the, the, the original one. is bad enough. I wouldn't want to listen to a cover version. <laughs> Why yeah, would exactly. I? <laughs> And then this next question is going
0: um, <laughs> to. I see is, what you is, mean is a, by a, I mean a crap <laughs> question. <laughs> this 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 one is going to um, this one is uh, going to cut out about ninety percent of the population. We're not going to understand this at all. Um, but um, it wants to know um, which is the best version of
1: "Only You." Is it the Yazoo version or the version by Flying Picky? <laughs> My oh, God! Again, I don't even know the song. I know Yazoo and Flying Pickets. So I don't know the song, so
0: yeah. Well,
1: literally, I, I've got no.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm not going to sing it because we'll get um we'll get we'll get banned um, off uh, off Podbean. We'll get, back, or... we'll get a warning on on <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. Um, but do you remember the yeah? You remember the Flying Pickets? They were a, yeah
1: they were a bunch yeah.
0: of old blokes who just like fallen out of a pub somewhere and sang a cappella.
1: I, I kind of only really remember the name than anything they actually ever did. Uh yeah, no, a little bit too young. I remember it being around. I just can't remember, you know, I wouldn't be able to pick out a song of theirs at all. But yes, I do remember them. Yeah, they were they were like do, um, do, was yeah. like early 90s, wasn't it? Late 80s, yeah. early 90s. Uh,
0: they were like um, uh, an ugly-looking version of the Wurzels. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now there's a super group if ever I've heard of one. Brilliant. Oh
0: Wurzels Fine pickets crossover bands. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> oh dear me you'd have, uh, you'd have to wheel you'd have to wheel them on though, wouldn't you? I don't think there's many of them. More <laughs> you would I you think know. at
1: this point? Yeah.
0: Anyway, we got uh, rid of those. Yeah, so that,
1: yeah. Second crap question. Get rid of that. Get rid of that
0: one. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll go we'll, we'll go through the the rest of the remaining ones in order. Um, so okay. uh, friends of General Haig, uh, his second question from Twitter, uh, and this is quite a nice one actually. Um, if Santa was going to grant you a Christmas wish. For any pair of War Games armies, past, present, or future, um, that belong to somebody else, which would you have and why? Does does it have to
1: have belong to somebody else?
0: Not necessarily. I mean, the one the one I'm, I'm just... thinking of does. But yeah, no. no, no. I mean, uh, Go on, you yeah. you,
1: you want to give your answer first, because I'm well. Um,
0: anyone who's I'm listened to, to this, yeah. Anyone who's listened to this podcast, um, will probably able to guess that I would I would love to have Peter Gilder's. Um, Italian Wars collection. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, no, they. Um, I I remember back. Um, to I'm sure it was number two, uh, War Games Illustrated, and it had a picture of of uh, a Jean, Italian Wars Gendarme on the front, and there was, mm. um, color pictures inside. You used to get three or four color pages, didn't you? And the rest was black and white. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that had pictures of that army, and um, uh, that. What would have been eighty early eighties when that came out, um, mm-hmm. and that started my love of the Italian wars off. So uh, it's an easy one for me. That is easy. One. There you go. Well then,
1: yeah. Thinking about it, I think mine would be they wouldn't. It wouldn't go back so far like Peter Gilder and stuff. I would take somebody from today's stuff, and I would either. Are you stealing would, it, or, it? Yeah, you can't I can't steal, steal it, Alex. It. It's a Christmas wish. Christmas wish. Do what okay. I want with it? If right. I don't care if it's a criminal activity. It's a Christmas <laughs> wish. <It> doesn't matter. <laughs> Stop spoiling Christmas for me, Ken. <laughs> ruined it. Uh, I, think I, I would... think.
0: I think. I think. Battle Brush Studios has ruined it with these bloody two questions. <laughs> yeah, about... yeah, that's true. Anyway,
1: Upsets us yeah. both. I think there. <laughs> yeah. And that Worcester sauce one as well. Oh. Yeah. Um, I would. I would steal. Uh, any of John Savage's or uh, any of his armies for any of the Lardy games. I would also steal. I think it's Mark Bretherton. I think his surname is his uh, tactical painter on Twitter. All right. Uh, yeah. I would steal anything that he's painted. And finally, I would also have any of Jim Ibbotson's stuff as well. Uh, yeah, he paints yeah, a lot of the figures true. that are in the in the the Lardy, uh, the the modern Lardy rule sets. And they are outstanding. Any of those, I would do uh, any three, any of those three guys' works are amazing. I think, and I, I would yeah, be exactly. more than happy to have any. Uh, it wouldn't matter what they are; I'd have them on the table any time. So yeah, I'm stealing them for Christmas. And they can all Excellent. they can blubber in the in the corner. As far as I'm concerned, I'm having your fingers.
0: So that leads, that, that leads <laughs> nice, nicely on to Battlebrush Studios' better questions. <laughs> we, we've seen the standard already uh and the first one is a middle of the road question a nice easy one uh what's what's for dinner on christmas um and we are very traditional we're we're turkey and 97 veg and uh, in fact in fact i'll tell the story i went to my wife's parents this is years and years ago because we've been together about 30 years and um there are farmers down in wales and um Christmas dinner, we're all sat around and, and they, they bring this plate to me. That is the biggest plate I've ever seen. John the Baptist head, um, that sort of size plate. It's absolutely <laughs> massive. And, and, and all I can see, all I can see is gravy, potatoes, and uh, various types of veg that I've never seen in my life. And, and it's piled up about four or five inches above the plate. Right. So I was eating that for about twenty minutes, and I got to the point where I'm thinking, "These buggers are vegetarian, aren't they?" Because I can't see. And then after twenty twenty minutes of solid eating, I finally found the turkey, which was underneath, and, and it was like half a turkey under there. So yeah, we are we are we are very very traditional, and uh, uh, that and Christmas pud with uh, rum sauce for pudding.
1: Uh, well, it's, well, yeah, Christmas dinner for me is one of the things I'm not that fussed about, like the traditional one, but my wife's very traditional. She likes a Christmas dinner. So anything for a quiet life will end up having a Christmas dinner. But, you know, I, I really like things like, I like the Yorkshire puddings, I like the uh, roast potatoes. I do like a bit of turkey, you know. Uh, But I just, I, I personally, I just think it's a lot of effort for, for very little when I could just order a takeaway. I'd prefer to do that. Just get a curry or something. (laughs) Let somebody else do the effort, you know. Uh, Because we're going to Austria, uh, her kitchen is quite small because it's in a flat, and um, she. So I don't know what we're going to do about it. And I did suggest that we, we ordered in a a traditional Austrian. Mm. Uh, dinner again, just let somebody else do it, you know, but like, uh, just spend a little bit of money, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. So, yeah, I don't know, it, it whatever it's going to be, it's not going to be whatever it is I want. Let's just say
2: that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I still enjoy it, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: and the fight, the final one from Battle Brush Studios, which is actually a decent one in the end. Um, are dream war gaming projects best left untouched?
1: it depends what it is doesn't it i mean that's a bit of a an open-ended question i mean is he is he is he almost as though he's he's trying to set it up to fail in the first place do you think you know is it not going to work out i mean you know i guess i don't know i don't really know what i'm trying to say i'm yeah i don't really have a dream wargaming project like i said to you, i don't really have many i don't really work in 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 that project mindset i kind of I just do what I want to do at the at the time, you know, things change about, mm. but I kind of keep it within relatively strict boundaries anyway. So I, d- I don't work towards an end with a, with a project. I'd be, yeah. I'd start something, and I'd, but I'd do something else and I'd do a bit of something else, but I'd go back mm. to the thing I was starting at. And so to me, it doesn't, I don't know Yeah, No, don't, don't leave them on touch. Do them, you know, yeah. it's a dream.
0: I it. can, I can, I can kind of gra- see where, where it's coming from, um, because I've had, I had a similar thing. Um, I always wanted a, um, knights on horses, flowing car parisons, uh, shields, um, mm. family armor, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it looks fantastic when it's done, but Jesus Christ, it's hard work. <laughs> um, and, um, I, I've done it now. I've done it with, um, uh, a, a late crusades army. Um but you can get into stuff like that, something that looks absolutely fantastic, like Lanchnecks is another one. Uh, mm. a really I mean, they, seem be,
1: they seem to be pretty big at the moment. There's a lot of people yeah. painting Lanchnecks, I've noticed.
0: Yeah, God knows why. Paint paint early Swiss because they're not in those stupid uniforms. <laughs> uh, so um you 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 have something that looks fantastic on the table but takes a hell of a lot of work to do and can become a bit of a slog. Yeah. So you, you can start, uh, you know, getting through 12-figure, fully armoured, fully car parisoned, fully um, emblazoned unit of knights is not something you start on a Monday and finish on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a it's a long, long slog. So I can see where it's coming from, but I, th- I think... Um, if you take more gaming as most of it is for most of us as a lifetime thing yeah if it takes you a year to do a unit in 10 years you'll have 10 units yeah um and a lot of people look at stuff very short term and they go mm-hmm. oh, oh it's going to take me forever to paint 300 figures yeah If well, it yeah. takes you a couple of years then it takes you a couple of years yeah. doesn't it yeah
1: i think that's the thing i suppose that's going back to that flash in the pan kind of thing though isn't it where something's new people like they jump on it and then suddenly realize like you know the epic stuff we talked about it but there's a hell yeah. of a lot of figures in those boxes yeah and it is the new big shiny thing so i wonder how many of them in a year are going to be you know that's, even half painted yeah uh, still because bottom, something else will have come out you know but there's obviously going to be some people that stick to it. And I think you know, it's it's like how long is a piece of string? You know, if it's your dream, then work at it until you you've finished it. Because yeah, it's just finishing a big project is gonna be uh is a goal in itself, is you know, it's something worthwhile doing. But you don't have to just do that project here, you know, like you say, you know, yeah. it could take 10 years to paint the army, and in 10 years you'll have that. Uh, you know, that force, and if it's your dream, you're still going to be dreaming about it in 10 years, hopefully, you know. Otherwise, it's not your dream, is it?
0: Well, I'm I'm going to break a few bubbles and and make a few people cry. I'm I'm not going to say Santa doesn't exist, but what I am going to say (laughs) is that that, um, if you do a big army, it's never finished. Yeah, You'll, You'll always find a unit and think, oh, I fancy some of them. So don't well, don't think you're going to plan for a thousand figure army and then stop because you won't. You will carry on. No, of men. course
1: you won't. I mean the, the yeah like I, I was I've been rebasing. I know you don't do this, so I, uh, and I don't normally do it, but I've been rebasing some of my old figures for um, for for old group. Ah, because- that's the that's the third wargaming rule: never <laughs> rebase. <laughs> I'm breaking them, smashing them. But- <laughs> But normally I don't do it. But this—the reason I've done it is because they were originally based in fours. Uh, these are yeah. Soviets, Second World War Soviets, based in fours for Grey Steel Red Storm, which I played, you know, 25 years ago. Then I used them for Rapid Fire, and now I'm using them for o Group, and I've used them in Chain of Command as well. But I thought I'm going to get more out of them if I rebase them as threes and also on smaller bases. Uh, just for you know footprint size so it's not taking me long it's like you know taking a a couple of hours on a Saturday afternoon to do so it's not a massive job but the thing is I've got so many Soviets for the second world war that I never need to buy any more I can play all the games I want to play with the ones I've got but today Thirty Soviets came through the post because I wanted to do <laughs> some some combat patrols for group and I didn't want yeah. some figures. You know, I want I, I could just use some tokens. You know, just some uh, yeah. two-inch discs. But no, I want some figures on there. So, like you say, I've like I've literally got I've probably got more Soviet figures than they had in the Red Army of the Second World War. Uh, yeah. You know, but I I still I've still found space to put some more in. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. the ones that I'm rebasing are 25 years old. So these are figures figures from, you know, my youth that I'm I'm repurposing. And I've also just got a whole load of new ones in the post today. So, yeah, like you say, no matter how big your army is, it's never finished. But that said, (laughs) my Napoleonic six mil armies, both the French and the British ones, because they're based on a historical order of battle, they are finished and I won't be adding any more French and I won't be adding any more French British, but I am adding the Prussians. <laughs> so uh, uh, even, you know though, you know, even though, you know, I've got two perfectly fitted out armies that never need touching again. I've still got another army that is going into that collection. So yeah, it's never uh, finished, isn't it? Exactly. Really?
0: Exactly. So we'll move on to, uh, Per Broden's <laughs> question. We've got, we've got four questions left. Um, okay. um couple from pear make um, them yes um, or no yeah well they, two, <laughs> these, these these more or less are um and the one from pear is we know you love watercress um but are there any, are there any other uses we can have for our dried up wet pallets <laughs> now i i I'm, I'm, I'm going to apologize to per. i'm going to apologize to pair because i'm not going to answer this question um, it, there's, there's a very good reason for that because i i am in the process of putting together and i don't often do youtube videos outside of the um monthly update and the and uh, the podcast i am putting together a uh comedy video called Uses of wet pallets. Um, and I, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to or what I'm going to do, but coming up in the new year, I'm going to show you how to properly use a wet pallet.
1: I was looking forward to the comments on that one. Uh, my answer to that is, and you'll probably like this, Ken, actually, I've actually gone back to my old plastic palette so I've stopped using my wet palette. I daren't open it just in case it's gone mouldy and something's growing in there. I've literally not touched it for months. Um, they're useful. you sure that, that omnicrom's not started from your painting? Room. <laughs> <It> probably did. <laughs> it's a new. So not a wet market, It's a wet palette that yeah. started it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, they're useful. But I think for the maybe for the way I I paint I I, I don't know uh, if you're doing a big project I think they're good because they keep the paint fresh, so you can keep going back to it. You know, say you're painting for a week, uh, you can you can keep going back to it. But I, I also think as well the the, the small amounts of, of Vallejo that I actually pour out every time I'm using uh, a painting, I think I don't know the, the hassle is probably not enough to be honest. If I was doing lots of blending and lots of shading and stuff and 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 different kinds of mixing and things, which I generally don't do anyway is what uh, you mean family.
0: lots of fucking about
1: yeah, lots of fucking about and <laughs> you know and I do ascribe to your school of painting you know don't fuck about and <laughs> <laughs> you know the once you've filled up the web palette, you've got to you've got to get rid of the paint, you know, the paper and the paint and stuff, and then mix it all under and then clean it out, and then and it's again, it's just faff really, and uh, I don't like faff. So yeah, my scanner's been sat on the edge of my desk looking at me for the last last few months. I think it's been a long time. I actually I'll, after this after this, I'll go and open it up and see what's actually in there. Yeah. <laughs> so you might not it's hear from the, me again. It's, <laughs> it's when it starts talking back to you that's when you need to worry. Yeah, that's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's quite a sizable thing, so it's taken up quite a chunk of my painting desk as well, so I just, you know, it oh, might dear. get stuck uh, underneath. It's like, well, I've been painting for over 30 years without one, and yeah, you know, I, it's use, it is, it's useful, it has its uses, but, I don't know, maybe it's not for me anymore, I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. over the, the the flash of it has gone, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been painting for a long time, and, um, Without blowing my own trumpet, I think I do all right. So, yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm not going to bother with a wet pallet. So, there we go. Yeah. Uh, but look out for that video coming up soon. I um, I, no, no animals um, were hurt in the making of the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe something was maybe, illegal, some, this. <laughs> maybe some pyrotechnics and explosions
1: involved. But, uh, Are you sure this is something okay. you want to put on YouTube? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, especially now, especially now, Putin's watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Straightforward yes or no question from Pear um, Rosemary brushes, uh, yes or no. Well, I'm I'm unfamiliar
1: with her work. Was she around the time of Sunday <laughs> think She was. She's on like Midsummer Murder or something.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> My answer is going to be the third. What well, a third answer are that is, is? Is I don't even know what he's talking about no idea don't know what they are yeah no. there's
0: some yeah there, there, there's some posh fancy brushes right. um that aren't made in yorkshire well who so, cares then so no my answer so no pair yeah. i'm afraid uh, yeah, pro yeah. art made in skipton perfect <laughs> um Been hope to be, the best hope place to be for visiting them next year for a for a podcast special um, really rosemary Brush. yeah yeah i'm <laughs> trying to blag my way in there bless him excellent uh, excellent yeah so that's a no to rosemary brushes i'm sure they're fine yeah. um if you if you know if you if you're not going to go pro art but then what what, what the do you know anything I think- about do you know anything about painting if you're not using pro art
1: that's the question. I dare tell you, I don't use them.
0: But <laughs> I'll get you some freebies, the-
1: Alex. When I go to when I go to see them I'll get. You- <laughs> I'll, get all, take, I'll take freebies. I'm happy for that. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> nothing. I'm not paying for them. But uh, uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Every we all use these these tools, and we all swear by the ones that we use. And uh, and, and it's, it's strange, isn't it? How but everybody gets on with whatever it is they're using. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't. I don't know, you know, you, there's no point in like saying to somebody, Oh, these brushes are the best because they're the best for you, but they might not be for somebody else, you know, they might or they might get a crap brush or something that time, or or you know, well, it was I, it was I swear by winter and Newton uh spray varnish, but yeah. I know there's plenty of other people that use other stuff and they swear by it. You know, it's, it's just work horses for courses, isn't it, at the end of the
0: yeah, there, was, there was that utter bollocks that Sean was using, wasn't there? That rat hair thing that he bought for <laughs> <laughs> 10 brushes for two quid or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it works for you, mate, it's fantastic. Yeah, so
1: exactly, so, yeah. If he gets paint on the figures. <laughs> uh,
0: so the so last two questions, I think we've, we've covered kind of covered a little bit, this one. Um, uh, this is from Instagram and this is from uh, Dom from the Plastic, plastic Crack podcast uh, Hello, i'm dom. hoping to have i'm hoping to have dom and ken
1: on in january on the podcast so that's oh, a, excellent, a excellent. Show. yeah i'm still um, waiting for my invite onto their podcast there you go there's ah, a there's a hint for you there dom i'll have a word i'll have a word, have a word with them yeah <laughs> if you listening. otherwise i'm not going to answer your question
0: well <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair i think we already have um
1: if oh, you no. run i take it back
0: edit that bit out ken
1: yeah i will do i
0: will like those bits <laughs> where i added edited out for sean uh yeah I left, I accidentally left, left in. um so if you run a non-historical game um so a non uh, um like historical battle um so
1: um, okay yeah. so not 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 ubs it- or not uh
0: yeah, so you're not you're not running a specific battle, but it's an historical game, which is that that yeah. makes How do you manage to balance it enough uh, of a challenge and fun for all the
1: players? And having it's been a having chucked
0: Yeah, having chucked point systems into War Games Room 101. <laughs> yeah,
1: we can't get them out again. They're right <laughs> yeah. to the bottom of the bin, aren't they? Now we, Yeah. You know, they're underneath <laughs> the wet pallets. <laughs> yeah. It'd be horrible to like they'd be full of covered in bin juice at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't want that. Um that's a tough one because I mean a historical battle is 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 by its, by its very nature it's going to be unbalanced anyway isn't it yeah um because you know you don't you don't find too perfectly, we've, we've said it before don't you? you don't find you you don't wait until both sides are exactly 100 points and then go at it mm. how do you make it fun I think this goes kind of goes back to like you said we've answered it in the mm. uh, how do you do the big battles thing in that you have give give the players a specific scenario to uh, or yeah. an objective to, to to achieve. So even if you've got a small force, if you if you plant that flag on the on the POUM's, uh outpost, then you you've won your bit of the game. You know you've done your thing you're supposed to do. Or if you hold on for ten turns, you know, and not all of your figures have been wiped out against the overwhelming mm-hmm. force, you've won the game. You know, or you you can claim a victory for it. So you're just thinking outside the box, really, for that kind of stuff. I guess. I mean, take take your ideas from historical scenarios. They don't have to be a, or, you know, you could you could you could say, well, I'm going to play Blucher, and I'm going to have the British there defending this ridge. It's not the Mont St Jean ridge, but it's a ridge, you know, that they've got to hold. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be the uh, the the actual scenario of Waterloo, but it it can be based on the scenario of Waterloo. You know, there's a farmhouse down there. We'll not call it Hoogamon. We'll call it Montehoog, and uh, you've <laughs> got, to, you know, got to hold that. You know, <laughs> and if they hold it till the end of you know ten turns, then they've won the game, or you know they've they've, they've won a a victory or minor victory yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'd say stuff like that. Really, I think just adding a, yeah. a, a bit of flavor, scenario flavor. What do you think? It, it's uh, it, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to stray far
0: from my answer, mate. I think mm-hmm. um, well-planned scenarios are, are, are kind of how we game all the time anyway. So uh, we, yeah. we never pull a game here. Um, and if we're not doing a specific historical battle, we'll get a scenario from somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. So there's lots of decent books out there. The 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 one that we use for the desert games, the Two Fat Lardy, Op Compass
1: 1. Oh, Robert
0: yeah. Audley, I think, wrote it. Um that's, that's absolutely
1: brilliant. Yeah. Avery, Robert Avery, isn't it? Robert Avery, that's it. And it, yeah, he has got did a lot of that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got some fantastic ways of making the scenario balanced with unbalanced forces. Mm. Uh so so that that that's a that's a very a very useful way of doing it. Things like um the very old now, but C. S. Grant's programme, war game scenario, that book. Okay, yeah. That's still, that's got, that's got loads of generic stuff in. And then the joy that is the internet, you, you can go anywhere on the internet and put stuff in Spanish civil war, big shout out for Steve's Balogun, the, uh, the website that's um, been going for years and years. There's mm. loads of, um, scenarios on there for world war two, world war one Spanish civil war with maps on and, and our forces and, just great, great games that they've played before um, that yeah. are there for, for, for free as a resource. So that's the, have a look around and get a good scenario is, is how I would go for it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, um, the, you can just you can pick scenarios from any other game, can't you? Any other game system. Mm. I mean, I, I, like Rapid Fire, for example, I use a lot of their scenarios for for things like IMB Shot Mom. Uh, because they're almost perfectly transferable, and they've already done the hard work in in working out the forces and things. You know, you just you just swap one over for the other, or you know, you might have to tweak things a little bit here and there. Uh, but they still work. You know, they still work perfectly well for uh, whatever game it is you're playing, just because it's written for a specific uh, rule set doesn't mean to say you can't play with any other rule set. So, yeah, and, and like you say, blogs, uh, anybody else's, you know, videos and things, uh, even podcasts and stuff, you know, they're just full of ideas for lots of different kind of uh, ahistorical but semi-historical uh, scenarios, I guess. Yeah. So a final question also from Instagram from the Legends of
0: Medow. Um, and uh, this is this is one to end on. Um, it's one to end the entire world on, in fact. Um, <laughs> if, if 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 you'll if there, apply, don't you? <laughs> yeah, if there was a new, nu- if there was a nuclear
1: attack, what oh, figures right, would you take down college. into the bunker to paint? <laughs> what would I take down into the bunker to paint? Probably the six mil Prussians, because it's going to take me about four years to paint them. So at least by that time, the isotopes have probably gone into some kind of half-life that I'll be able to get back out again, uh, yeah. back yeah. to the brave new world of, of, of nuclear winter. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be, because that would be a big project. So at least that would keep me busy for a while, I think. And I wouldn't need uh, lots of different paints as well, because, you know, I'd just be painting blue and grey for most of it.
0: Yeah, I'd probably take some figures that were made out of food.
1: <laughs> yeah, well we're already assuming that you've probably got cans of food or something down in your bunk. Oh right, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Spend the, the, the time where you're supposed to be painting your windows white and boarding all the house up, and you're gonna be carving figures out of some spuds or something just in case to take them down. Is that is that uh, is that really a good way of spending your 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 final few moments in before obliteration of of the above world
0: well i think i think we need to change these resin printers into (laughs) um like a potato style printer potato carver (laughs) and then freeze dry them and then you could you could you could paint them with like food colorings because that's basically what contrast paints are at
1: the end of the day yeah that's true that's true yeah Uh,
0: (laughs) and then and then if the you know you don't get the all clear sign when you when you run out of food you can start eating the figures
1: (laughs) yeah i suppose that's definitely one way of thinking about it you know you gotta you've got to think about what's going to uh, what what will what will sustain you, and it and it can't just be painting, can it, all the time, by yeah, by uh, yeah. by candlelight, because you will probably yeah, go blind yeah. anyway, wouldn't you, by the after about the third or fourth year of doing it. So yeah, you got to you got to have uh, other avenues there. Well, the where you're coming from. Yeah, but the I positive I just, thing I, to
0: that is that if if your painting is crap, there'll be nobody on TMP to have a go at it because the be... <laughs>
1: Now, to be honest, TMP will probably still be going. Exactly, <laughs> they'll probably still be arguing about which has got the uh, who's got the biggest nukes. I would have thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who fired first? Who fired? first? Yeah, who, who fired, first? fired
1: first? Yeah, which one did the most devastation?
0: <laughs> well, it's been a it's been a fantastic time chatting with you again, Alex. Um, you too, It's okay. been an, in, an interesting twenty twenty one, and we got to meet up in real life a couple of times. I'm sure we will next year as well. Um, so I'd like to wish everyone uh, who listens to this a Merry Christmas and uh, we'll see you on the other side. So good,
1: say good night, Alex. Thank you very much, Ken. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, Sean, we missed you. Not that much, but we missed you. Uh, but yeah. th- like I said, thanks, Ken, and uh, thanks everyone for listening and uh, a happy Christmas and a Merry New Year to everybody. Uh, and let's roll on and have a good 2022, I think. Brilliant. And
0: uh, I'll try and organise a summer brews in the vineyard with all three of us uh, in in June or July. So uh, thanks very much, everyone. See you soon.
1: Hi, it's Colin Ashton from episode four of Yorkshire Gamers
0: Rate Big War Games podcast, which for you, Ken, was delivered in a comedy Yorkshire accent. Not a very good one. Um, Well, everyone here at Carrying's On Up The Dale, which is essentially just me and thousands and thousands of my little men wish everybody a fabulous Christmas, I hope it's a very special one and let's hope that 2022 is a peaceful and prosperous one for all of us and that we can get back to some proper big war gaming. So, I shall leave you with that thought in mind and sign off. Thanks, bye. In true Brews in the Binyard special. This has been a extended episode. We're up to two hours, 40 minutes, uh, nearly. And uh, if you're still with us now, uh, I hope you are. um, uh, We've had a really good, fun time recording this uh, episode. And I particularly want to thank all the former guests who've sent in Christmas messages for you all. And I hope you've enjoyed them. the ones who haven't, most of them um, uh, had problems with technology, etc., um, and uh, didn't really know how to send the messages in, which was fine by me. Uh, so many uh, of the former guests sent messages in, and that was lovely to hear. And uh, I hope you enjoyed them. My thanks also to Alex, my guest on this show, uh, one of the regular brews in the vineyard. Uh, O- um, occupants on the seats, if I like to say, in our in our little bin yard outside our terraced house in Leeds. Fortunately, Sean couldn't make it tonight. It was a real shame and uh, I really hope he can do the, the summer special that I'm going to do in June or July that we talked about at the end of the episode. 2021 has been a fantastic year for Yorkshire Gamer and uh, the podcast, which started back in February, And um, I really want to thank you, everyone out there who's listening to this, who's listened to previous episodes. It's been a fantastic journey and I'm glad to have you all along. Uh, I said in the interview or in the chat with Alex how amazed I was at the number of people who are listened to this and the the positive reaction that it's received. Uh, So a special thanks from me to all of you. And I personally want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want you to have a fantastic New Year. And if you've thought about big gaming and you've not done it before, then have a go. What, what is there to lose? And if you haven't got the space or the time, then pop along to one of the War Games holiday centres or join a club and try and get a big game experience somewhere. It is a fantastic way to take part in this hobby. As I spoke about in the last episode, uh, the Future for Yorkshire Gamer podcast is uh, still rosy. I am, however, going to change the... Um, Publishing schedule and I'm going to go to the second and fifth um, weeks of the month, which means there won't be a, uh, always two podcasts every month. I did find that um, doing the second and fourth, two every month, um, it was quite difficult, um, although enjoyable. Uh, things like organising guests um, and getting interviews done and, and sorting out the editing can be quite time-consuming. And as, as you all know, I didn't manage to get one in at the start of this month. So I think a second and fifth is more uh, of a reasonable time um schedule for me uh with work etc and um, i've already got guests booked in for january uh, very excited i'm going to be speaking to dom and ken from the plastic crack podcast which is uh, essential viewing on a youtube on a monday night so i'm looking forward to speaking to those guys and um i've got guests penciled in for february and march and then As I've said before, I must have 30-odd people who uh, I've spoken to uh, or had email conversations about coming on the show. So uh, I do apologise to all of you who are waiting. Um, With this new schedule, it's going to mean seven or eight less episodes a year but I will get around to everyone um and I'm sure more people will come on board and become guests as the as time goes by so we we are here to stay uh hopefully we will get a nomination in the um Caesar's Little Wars TV um awards uh and in which case we do I'll be begging you to vote for me <laughs> and um it, once again I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Until 2022, Siddhi.